You can support this show at patreon.com slash ASA podcasting. Welcome to a Skyrimatic podcast where I will discuss my adventures and misadventures through Skyrim. Join me. Add your stories, add your tales. Let's uh, let's get into this thing. Uh, hello, welcome back. Yeah, I'm gonna call this one 156, but it's gonna be feedback of Hearth Fire Roundtable. I am Michael. I'm joined by Victor. Howdy, howdy. And uh, Ray is with us as well. Good evening. Not sure if anybody else will be hopping in, but we'll be listening to uh, three mega feedbacks for the Hearthfire Roundtable from uh, Kenneth Corbin and, of course, Andrew and his uh, unfortunate character name that we discovered on the Hearthfire beginning roundtable episode. Uh, so episode two, I believe we set for March 24th, if I am not mistaken. I think so. Sunday, March 24th, uh, generally at uh, like 3-ish p.m., uh, give or take half hour either way, depending on uh, schedules. Uh, that would be Eastern time, daylight time at that point. So uh, I believe daylight time. I don't know what when uh, GMT. Yeah, it's the 10th? Yeah, daylight's, uh, daylight savings at the 10th. Is it that soon? Holy yeah, it's early. But I, I didn't know when they did it. Uh, GMT did theirs. Um, mm. So... Whatever it's uh, Eastern Daylight Time at that point. Just yeah. a heads up. I think Colin said it's usually a week before we do. So yeah, it's usually it's right around the same time. It's all funky. Yeah. I don't know. I wish we had just changed to Atlantic Time, but that's me. Um, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> that's neither here nor there. But uh, <laughs> so we have that stuff. Um, oh, check out the uh, there's a new uh, ASA game talk from Jeremy uh, detailing yeah. Anthem his Anthem play. Yeah. So uh, check that out. Uh, we had the special Galentine's Day episode of the Fallout feed run by Shaleen, of course, of We Just Love Games, uh, which she does with Rick and Bendertron. Uh, but that episode was uh, Shaleen running the running the show, Sherry, who, of course, you've heard many times on different things and has been around uh, the group for quite a long time. Uh, Jess and Jen were also on. So it was a, it was a really full, deep episode. Uh, not just Fallout, some Skyrim, some other gaming, a lot of good stuff. So, Galentine's Day episode, I think it was released on the 13th of February, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, so that's out there as well. Um, so Fallout Feed is doing a roundtable for 76, correct? Am I right? Uh, yep. yep, on Thursday. Oh, wow, it's this Thursday. Look at that. So that'll be yeah. uh, like tomorrow if you're hearing this, because I'll probably upload this right away. <laughs> Oh, and we found out GMT changes 331. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. Thanks to Ray's research. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else offhand that I can think of. Uh, not particularly. Oh, uh, have we gotten to uh, 100 subscribers yet, Victor? <laughs> uh, I've been fluctuating a little bit, up and down, but I'm at 96 right now. Oh, my so. gosh. The, more more. The Open World. YouTube. Yeah. Search it out, everybody. The Open yeah. World. 
We're trying. I haven't put up a lot of content in the last couple of weeks. I've been I've been kind of again, uh, as I was saying before we started, I've been sucked into Far Cry Five, so <laughs> uh, I haven't streamed anything. Oh, that and and Sea of Thieves. So uh, oh, have you yeah, been uh, hitting Sea really. of Thieves a little bit? Yeah, Sean and Kate and I have been playing uh, as a family family crew in, in Sea of Thieves. I streamed a couple of of, of those, but uh, uh, we've done a couple of others since then, just just without streaming. That's that is a lot of fun. Cool. Uh, and Brad, we could always use a fourth. You know, we we <laughs> want to get a galleon going, man. You know. <laughs> so does it have cross platform? Um. Because you guys are playing on Xbox, right? No. No, oh, you're not? It's just okay. PC Master Race, man. Okay. I mean, all of us are PC players. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's a PC family. Uh, of course, we all own everything. So, uh, but yeah, um, on Sea of Thieves, we're all playing on PC. Oh, I know the, the other thing. Uh, I'm uh, Our Instagram account, I may be changing the name of it to, uh, but for right now, it's a Skyrimatic podcast. I think that's all one word. Uh, be starting to use it again um, so oh, cool. you know i'll once i figure out what the hell the password was um <laughs> i'll let everybody know that and if they want to post screenshots of games they're playing and stuff like that uh or use the story function or things like that uh, we'll be able to do that well that'll be great because i don't i don't like posting game stuff on my instagram yeah so I, fi- great, so. I figure if i change it to just say say podcasting and then we'll just post whatever and you know if, anybody wants to do fun stuff with stories or, or posting screen caps or, you know, screenshots or gaming they're doing or whatever, you know? Nice. Yeah. So, uh, that will be active again. Just, uh, search, uh, podcast, all one word. I believe that is the current name of it. Um, but hopefully that'll be changing. Of course, I'm going to have to figure out the password first to do that. So that may take a little bit, but, uh, we'll be using that again. We've got a little more activity on our uh, discord, uh, now. Oh, really? Oh, good. Cool. Right. I, I need to keep up with that then because I've been ignoring Discord. Not not just the, the Skyrimatic, but just Discord in general because I, I, if I turn the notifications on, they drive me insane. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, um, Especially if you follow several channels, it right. can get pretty overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I was following Cinetar for a while, and it's just, it's just too many trolls and too much junk. And, Ugh. And, yeah. Um, okay oh actually you know (laughs) uh so apparently i did not i don't know if maybe i i forgot to reply to corbin so this is his very first email before we get to his actual feedback uh so i apologize sir for not replying even though you did send feedback after sending this email so uh geez so actually yeah that kind of throw that we don't even need we'll, we'll just get into his feedback so I just want to apologize for not replying to the previous email. <laughs> I realized yeah, was... and I think it was Corbin who also sent one later and said he he's been sick and he uh, he did send the script for his second feedback. Oh um, yes, yeah. But I don't think we'll we'll do that for the for the next feedback yes. episode. Yep, yeah. absolutely. I got it start. Actually, I'm gonna start now. But uh, I got it uh, ready ready at the top there. But yeah, we'll we'll go to uh, his first one, Kenneth and uh, Andrews as well. Um, but I guess before we get to those, I, either you guys have uh, anything going on gaming wise? Well, to keep it on Skyrim, uh, there's been a lot of great mods popped up lately. Oh, uh oh, I, I heard an echo there. Sorry. Um, oh no, am I doing that again? 
no, no, it was fine. <laughs> some, some, something happened there. I, but, uh, anyway, um, uh, so, uh, yeah, there's been some, some amazing, uh, new mods that I haven't had much of a chance to, to, uh, to test. And this isn't mod talk, so we don't need to get into them too deeply. Have you seen Arc Arcanum, uh, Ray, the, the new magic mod that popped up a couple of days ago? No, I haven't. Um, there's, I had a little bit of a problem with my uh, Skyrim. I've got some save issues that I'm working uh, through. Oh dear. Oh, um, but uh, yeah. So so aside from that, you know, having been waylaid by other games, uh, I've been you know every day I still keep an eye on stuff that pops up, you know, on the Nexus. Um, so that, I'm looking forward to that because it looks like a really cool another you know 100 new spells you know something alternative to apocalypse or lost grimoire or whatever um and if i think of it there's a uh there's a, a youtuber that i just recently subscribed to if i can scr scramble to look at his um uh he did a review of it and um it starts with an s uh so I just want to give him a shout out because it's a good review. Stormwolf on uh, on YouTube. Um, so anybody who's interested in in checking out Arcanum or something, I think it's called that. Uh, check out Stormwolf's YouTube channel. And uh, um, so that's about it. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I hmm, actually I haven't played anything recently. A little Minecraft. That was it. Oh. Well, uh, yeah, I should say that my my switch almost died. Oh, really? Horrible, horrible nerd rage death. <laughs> <laughs> but I got I I really I put it in a drawer. I I got so frustrated with playing that thing, and I know I guess I I, I did I remember I did want to bring this up on this because I know you're playing your your hearthfire roundtable character uh michael on, on your yes Switch. i am and and uh it just i've been trying and trying to to warm up to the thing to playing skyrim on it anyway and it's just driving me insane <laughs> well you know it's funny shari posted about the archery on the switch right that's right i forgot yeah. i find it extremely hard i don't even do it yeah yeah because i think what is i think my character is uh mostly like a battle mage at this point yeah, um, I think I switch between two handed, and I'm mostly going with fire, if I remember correctly. Um, but uh, I think I'm going to move away from the two handed weapons, even, and just go straight magic. Um, hmm. I, I just find the well for me the archery is tough because it, the screen is so small. Like any kind of distant shot is nearly impossible. Yeah. Um, for me anyway, like uh, on the three what is it uh xbox or whatever pc uh a long distance shot is usually pretty easy but uh mm -hmm. on there it's like no go well the sticks seem i don't know if they're over responsive or what even yeah with the i agree. all the way down yeah it's, it's really hard to 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 zero in on something yeah i agree um, i have that same issue where, where it feels like it just moves too far no matter what you do yeah and you know for me as an older person with my arthritic thumbs i have rheumatic you know uh in both thumbs and and toes so so 
holding that thing gets gets difficult and switching weapons is what what actually caused my nerd rage it's uh, trying to switch weapons quickly i'm so used to having the the multi-button mouse yeah and you know quick switches and i can't i just can't find that whatever the it's not even a d-pad it's just stupid mash of buttons <laughs> yeah it is actually yeah <laughs> yeah and, that's a good point and, yeah uh, so um yeah it's just it's just driving me crazy and i really wanted to because i've been uh, i think i've mentioned it before i've been watching a lot of this you know major slack stuff and, and i've learned a lot of cool little tricks uh that i after thousands of literally thousands of hours playing skyrim uh new stuff that i learned like that was mentioned the last time you know shooting salmon with an arrow oh you know, yeah that's right yeah. <laughs> stuff like that just little tiny tidbits and he's really good he's a He's really calm and quiet and, and, you know, doesn't get all, you know, no, no BS, just really, you know, interesting stuff. Um, so I thought Switch is the perfect place to do that. It's enforced vanilla Skyrim, you know? And yes. Yeah. Where you're forced to play I, it. Yeah. Right. And I just, I, I couldn't do the kind of stuff that he's, that he's doing because he's playing on PC, of course, mm-hmm. of course, because it's the best. <laughs> so I tried the salmon trick. Have oh, you- okay. All I got was meat. Really? Yeah. Where, where did you try it? If just for for um, oh gosh, where was I? I think it must have been Lake Ilnalta. Hmm. Huh. I I know it works in in uh, in solitude at the docks because I've done it there. Hmm. Okay. Um, Does it work in the stream <clears throat> by uh, White Run? The waterfall. I don't know from between Riverwood and White Run. Uh, there, there. You would like you could just stand and do, uh, you know, flame, you know, th- throw flames at them. Yeah, time, yeah. Time and right, and then just jump down as they float dead down the. You know. Um. Are are you? Uh, was that in Ellie or or Se Ray? Se Se. Hmm. Um. Yeah, and it could have been hacked by a mod too, because. Uh, um. I've got uh, a few that affect harvesting and and um, the types of of things you get from plants and animals. That's possible. I don't know. I I did try it and it worked. It I don't know if I've tried it actually on the Switch, but I think I tried it on on a character on a PC character, and it, and it worked. So, um, and then there one thing that that he suggested that didn't work for me was. Um, you can borrow a horse. That's that was new to me. Uh, if you go and give, uh, if you pick some potatoes and give them to Catla at her farm, oh, really? um, you can you can actually use the horse as a borrowed horse. Huh. Um, it will act like a horse that you've stolen. In other words, when you get off, it'll start wander back back home. But it, it's actually tied to you in fast travel. Um. So. And I've watched a lot of his videos, and he uses that trick a lot, uh, but I wasn't able to do it. Um, so that might be a, a different versions, or he doesn't use any mods at all. So that's some, that's the kind of thing that might have been patched out with in the uh, universe, in the unofficial Skyrim patches. Um, but uh, so that's that's another another little trick that didn't didn't work for me. Um, I'll try to think of some of the other ones. That's an interesting one. I never realized that. Yeah. Give it a shot and and see, I I believe it's, you just go and and pick some potatoes from behind her farm and then go and ask her the right question. And then, 
give her the potatoes and and then you you gain favor it's like the same same thing you do in in like arcadia's cauldron or something like that where you you know you go in there you take take the frost salts from farangar give them to her she does says her lines and then half the stuff in the store is is free for the taking ah yeah yep um yeah i guess so it's similar to yeah okay that makes sense it's similar to the uh to the stores where you do a favor or whatever or job or whatever and then you have access to whatever random things on the counter and stuff like that Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah. that does make sense you'll be able to borrow a horse that way i never realized that yeah so um huh to try that now yeah well i guess we can uh we can get into the uh feedback um i have kenneth's up and ready uh, his mm-hmm. character is named, is it Grayel? I believe. If I'm I couldn't saying. quite catch it. Uh, something like that, yeah. Yeah, G-R-E-Y-A-E-L. So perhaps there's another pronunciation. I don't know. <laughs> Let's see. Let's open that bad boy up. And... A-A-S-A oh, there it is. podcast. Well, I've been a listener for quite some time, but this is my... Oops, sorry about that. Playing in a roundtable. So I rolled my character, and I had to roll a few times because just by luck I was getting a frequent repeat of common types of gameplay that I like, which is either a sneaky archer, alchemist, or a sword and board uh, classic warrior character. So I ended up settling on one that was an archer, but there's a lot of roleplay potential, as you'll see as I get into the character here. So without any further ado, my character's name is Grayel. He is a Bosmer. He's a male. His warrior skill is archery, mage skill, restoration, thief skill, lockpicking. He's on the Empire side of the Civil War. His class is Barbarian. Guardian Stone is the Warrior Stone. His home is Whiterun. Uh, orphan to adopt is Roar, uh, which that orphan is in Riften, so I haven't gotten there yet. Um, as far as the stats, health is 2, magicka is 1, and stamina is 3. Humanoid follower is Farkas from the Companions. Other follower is Barbus. Uh, spouse is Braylina Marion. I think she's a mage in Winterhold. Faction is Dawnguard. Alignment is neutral. And House Carl will be Lydia there in Whiterun. And my orphan's home is Honor Hall orphanage. Anyways, here's his background. Gray L is a Bosmer and a casual follower of the Green Pact from Valenwood. He is not evil, but he is an agent of the Aldmeri Dominion. He's heading to Skyrim to acquire property rights to establish Thalmor safe houses. Although he personally does not like the Thalmor, he recognizes them as strong allies to protect his people's way of life. Cannibalism was something he did not partake in, like his tribal brethren who were more zealous in their worship of Yifrei. How do you pronounce that name? I don't know. Yifrey, Yifrey, Wifrey, Waffle? I don't know. Anyways, uh, the use of plants for food or in potions within Valenwood is abhorrent to him, and even those outside his home country make him uneasy. He is a good combat archer, quick on his feet. Unfortunately, he isn't the quietest of elves, so his archer strengths are rooted in speed as a ranger rather than sneaking as an assassin. He won't use plants of any kind, 
He avoids consuming any potions he does not personally make, since he doesn't want to mistakenly consume a plant. Restoration is, is his way to healing. He'll also avoid clothing that appears to be made from plants, so he'll stick to leather and furs, of course, which is where his barbarian class, it's basically his appearance, is more barbarian with all the fur he wears, not so much his skills themselves. Thankfully, the cold environment and light armor preferences of the Nords will help him blend in. His lockpicking skills are primarily for placing traps. Um, I'm using Ordinator uh, mod. Uh, and he has dabbled in dungeon diving and lockpicking chests. Uh, but he doesn't steal from graves, urns, or occupied residences. He had no family in Valenwood, so he was an ideal agent for this mission and plans to start his own life in Skyrim. I used Alternate Start, which starts you at the uh, camp uh, right outside the, the, that little bandit camp right outside the first cave you come out of, which is kind of an interesting spot. I'd never used that particular Alternate Start before, so it's kind of neat starting right up there. Um, anyways... Uh, let's see, I'm also using campfire just for the role-playing thing to be able to set up my camp and sleep and get that well-rested uh, bonus there. And I'm also using bigger trees, immersive armors and weapons, and uh, the unofficial patch. Not a whole lot of mods, just only a, a dozen or so. So I'm definitely not trying to compete with uh, uh, Victor or Ray on that regard. Anyways, here's uh, Grail's journal. Lordus, the sixteenth day of last seed. Tonight I enter the land of Skyrim as the sun set. Even though it is the middle of summer, it is cold here in the north. I made my way down the mountains into the eastern edge of Falkreath Forest, past Fort Helgen. By the time I was clear of the snow line, it was dark. Lighting a torch, I set up my camp. Why am I in Skyrim? I'm a Bosmer, a wood elf from Valenwood. I've traveled as far from home as possible. I came here to help the Thalmor, the high elves of the Aldmeri Dominion. I don't like them. They're cruel and arrogant. But if there's one thing that is clear, the Imperial humans do not understand the ways of my people, the ways of the Green Pact. If it were not for the Thalmor's influence over the Imperial forces, who knows what would have happened to my country, to my people? The Thalmor will need safe houses here in Skyrim, built away from the cities. The civil war between the Imperial forces and the Stormcloaks is a threat to the Aldmeri Dominion's grasp on the Empire. So, as an agent of the Dominion, I will acquire the property rights for the safe houses. In order to do this, I must make myself useful to the locals. Without notoriety, I cannot own property. It will take time, but this is helpful for my mission, since I need to build a noteworthy reputation with the Nords of Skyrim. Unfortunately, I will do this entirely unaided by the Thalmor. In fact, not one Thalmor agent in Skyrim will know of my purpose nor my allegiance. I will only send messages to my Thalmor agent in Imperial City, when I have acquired the property rights to the three holds I'll be targeting. The holds are Falkreath, Heldmarch, and the Pale. Falkreath was the perfect start for me, being the most lush forest in Skyrim. Weeks have gone by. Over the passing of time, I have wandered the forest, interacting with the locals. I enjoyed time with fellow hunters, trading with merchants, and killing the occasional bandit. There was definitely a beauty to this land, and to its people. The Nords were certainly wild in spirit much more so than the other human races. Barbus. One day I was trading with Laud, the Falkreath blacksmith. He asked if I had seen a dog west of the city. I had not, but told him I'd keep an eye out. As I headed down the road a couple hours west, I spotted one in the distance. I called out to it, and it ran right up to me, and spoke to me. Well, it was more of thought projection, straight into my head. This dog named Barbus needed my help with his former master. 
most peculiar, but I obliged his request. We journeyed for a couple days to the east, beyond Falkreath Forest, and into the mountains south of Hrothgar, the tallest mountain in all of Tamriel. Barbus did not want to talk much about his master, or what I needed to do for him, but I decided to play along for a while. We reached a cave overrun with vampires. I hadn't realized they were this far north, but I shouldn't have been surprised. We killed them all off. Barbus was quite a ferocious beast. After the master lay dead, Barbus ran up to a huge statue of Clavicus Vile. That's when I realized who Barbus's master was. This so-called Daedric Prince. <laughs> Pathetic creatures. Yes, they're more powerful than humans and elves, but they get their power from gaining followers. Unlike my god, Yfrey, who I worship for the power he already possesses. The Daedric being spoke to me, using his statue as a conduit. I could hear his voice in my head, much like Barbus's voice. He asked what I wanted. As a joke, I said power, but he brushed off my request by pointing out my impressive skill at archery, asking why I'd need more power. And that's when he asked for my help. How predictable. And pathetic. No wonder Mayrim's Dagon failed to take over Tamriel. They cannot do anything without help from us so-called mortals. Clavicus Vile power, Clavicus Vile's power, it seems, is limited by having Barbus manifested in the flesh in Skyrim. He needs him to be returned to him. I did not want to help a Daedra creature more, become more powerful, but the only thing more dangerous than a Daedra seeking more power is a Daedra becoming desperate to regain lost power. It would be best to help Clavicus reunite with Barbus. Clavicus sent me and Barbus off to find an axe, known as the Rufal Axe. A tragic story surrounded this weapon, but that is most often the case with Daedric items that mortals have used. Anyways, we claimed the axe from a mad sorcerer and returned to the statue of Clavicus Vile. He told me to kill Barbus with it, and that would allow the two to reunite. I told him I was done playing this game, and went to drop the axe. But I could not let go of it. My hand was grasping the handle tightly. I had heard of this curse, sometimes called the Curse of the Unfinished. A rather dull name, but a terrifying curse nonetheless. Imagine being bogged down with the weight of several items, all connected to quests you have not finished. Oh, the horror. So what was I to do? At this point, Barbus spoke up and told me I didn't have to kill his mortal dog for him. I could just give the axe back to Clavicus. Sure enough, when I told Clavicus to just take the thing back, it disappeared right out of my hand. Barbus also disappeared, but reappeared as a statue next to Clavicus. As the axe disappeared from my hand, it was replaced with his Daedric artifact. The Mask of Clavicus File. I was tempted to drop it right in front of him and spit on it. Hims to simply give it to someone else who stumbled into this cave. So I left the cave. I remembered a nearby lake surrounded by ice and snow. Under the cover of dusk, I journeyed to it and tossed the mask into its frigid depths. Eventually, Clavicus would send a mortal to find it, but at least for a time, his artifact would not cause strife in Tamriel. I headed back towards Falkreath Forest and set up camp south of Helgen. The dragon. The next morning was clear and warm enough for me to not worry, uh, to not to wear my leather cloak. As I set about grilling rabbit over my campfire, I heard a roar to the south, coming from Fort Helgen. Shortly after, the sounds of explosions echoed alongside the roaring. I quickly put out the fire, grabbed my bow, and headed towards the sound. That's when I saw it. Actually, I heard it first, more clearly than before, the roaring so loud that it was painful. A whoosh of wind stirred over me. I looked up to see a massive dragon soaring overhead. 
Even though, even though I was used to all the magic of the world of Nern, seeing a creature thought to be extinct was truly a magical experience. Magical, yet deadly. Judging by the smoke, I could see rising from Fort Helgen. By the time I reached the fort, it was deserted, except for the bodies scattered around. Imperial soldiers, Stormcloak rebels, even village folk, all dead. As I left the ruins, I passed by a cave entrance and could hear faint yelling coming from the darkness. I hurried inside and found an Imperial soldier wounded on the ground. I gave him one of my healing potions, and he told me to report the dragon to Whiterun. That would work out perfectly, since I was heading to the city anyways. I passed through Riverwood, a small village in the eastern edge of Falkreath Forest, but within the boundaries of Whiterun Hold. I climbed hills to the north and looked down at an impressive sight. Below me stretched the fields of Whiterun Hold. In the distance, I could see the city itself. I hurried my pace, and by nightfall I had reached the city. I mentioned the dragon to the guards at the gate, and then went to stay for a night at the city's inn, the Bannered Mare. The Blessings of Nature I awoke to the hustle of city life. Merchants had booths set up selling food, beverages, weapons, armors. But I couldn't let myself get distracted. I asked the innkeeper, Holda, if there was anything a newcomer in town could help with. She said the gilder, tree, gilder green tree had been dying and none of the locals knew how to help. Well, my luck was strong today. Saving a dying tree was just what this Bosmer would love to help with. Holda told me to find Danica, a priestess of Kinnereth, in the local temple. Danica said that Gildergreen was no average tree. Indeed, it was grew grown from a branch cut from the legendary Eldergleam, a tree thousands of years old. Even I had heard legends of this tree. Most followers of the Green Pact had. Danica's first plan required me to retrieve Nettlebane, a magical dagger made by Hagravens to kill Spriggans. Just hearing that such a weapon existed disgusted me. Spriggans, although hostile and deadly, were some of the most beautiful creatures in Tamriel, if left alone. I set out at once for Hagraven, for the Hagraven nest. It was back near Helgen, tucked away in the mountains. I carefully climbed a ridge that overlooked the camp. There was one Hagraven and a few people in black robes. It was obvious they were witches, followers of the Hagraven. I used my best trait, patience, to kill them all, one by one. It took most of the day. The Hagraven was in her tent on a rock formation it did not, and did not hear her followers being killed. But I couldn't get a clear shot, so I worked my way down closer to her tent. My first arrow was not fatal, and I had to run around the rocks as she hurled flame spells at me. I got burned more than once, my fur coat and armor stinking of burned hair. But I was able to lead her into a bear trap I had placed. That slowed her down as it clamped her leg, and I finished her off with an arrow to the face, retrieving Nettlebane off her corpse. I returned to Danica at the Kinnereth Temple. She told me the rest of her plan, to extract sap from the Eldergleam in order to bring the Gildergreen back to life. I was dismayed. The thought of hurting a tree was horrible even if it was to save the life of another tree. If a tree is to die, then it must die. However, I had to stay on mission and help the people of Skyrim. Euphrae must have seen my dilemma, because a man approached me named Maurice. He had overheard my conversation with Danica and said he wanted to travel to the Elder Gleam Sanctuary. I didn't know if he could have helped me with my quest, but I decided to have him join me and trust in Euphrae. The trek to the Elder Gleam would have taken two or three days, Unfortunately, we took a wrong turn on the first day, and went a few hours out of our way. 
It proved interesting, though, as we stumbled across a court jester whose wagon had broken. He was quite odd, and desperate to keep moving. His mother was in a coffin in his wagon. I didn't even want to ask how long she'd been there. Anyways, the local farmer wouldn't help. I figured to check out into the situation. The farmer was worried at how off-putting the jester was, but I convinced the farmer to help the jester anyways. At the least, the quicker he got on his way, the quicker he wouldn't be around to bother the farmer. Maurice and I doubled back and resumed our trip to Elder Green's sanctuary. He wasn't too talkative, but I hoped he'd be useful in finding out a solution to the quest. In the middle of the second day, we were in a forest. Beautiful, beautiful forest. Crossing a bridge over a river. The sun was shining bright, and it was so serene and so beautiful. But the beauty ended when a figure dressed in black and red armor, dark red armor, leapt from the trees in front of us, charging at us with a dagger in hand. He shouted something, but I couldn't make it out as Maurice started screaming. I notched an arrow and hit the man with it, but it was a glancing shot to his side that at worst would need to be stitched. I deflected a couple of his attacks with my bow, but he was far more skilled in close combat than I was, and he sliced me a couple of times on my arms. Retreat was my only option. So I knocked him back with my bow and retreated back to the bridge, calling out to Maurice to run. The water below the bridge was deep enough to survive jumping, so I clumsily climbed upon the stone ledge and then promptly slipped and fell into the water. I was certain Maurice would have either ran or leapt into the water with me, but as I resurfaced, I could see him trying to fight off the assailant. It was a quick fight, since Maurice had no weapon. By the time I reached the shore, the assailant had slit his throat. I was downriver, and the distance was good enough for me to put my bow to use. I let arrow after arrow fly as the assailant charged at me again. He was relentless, but fell dead before he could reach me. I searched his corpse and found a note. This man, an imperial, was a member of the Dark Brotherhood, the League of Assassins that worshipped Sithis, the Dark God. Someone wanted me dead by performing the Black Sacrament. The note was signed by Astrid. Was she a commander in the Dark Brotherhood? I hadn't even been here long. Who would know of my presence? They must have tracked me in Whiterun. It was probably no secret that I obtained a nettlebane and was on a quest to revive the Gildergreen tree. This was troublesome, and I'd have to be on my guard. I spent the evening mourning over Maurice's death. Obviously, I wasn't broken, since I just met him. But I'm sure he had family and friends. I was not sure of Nordic burial customs, so I covered Maurice's body with rocks to prevent the wolves from eating him. The next morning, I continued my journey. A couple hours later, I came across a local guard and informed him of Maurice's death and location of the body. He was grateful and said he would send a mount mounted guard to retrieve the body. When I got to the Elder Gleam Sanctuary, I was surprised to see the area was more desolate, but the scent of sulfur was in the air. Looking to the east, I could see fields of hot springs stretching to the base of the mountains. As I entered the sanctuary, I was impressed with its beauty. The cave tunnel wound down for quite a distance, but then opened into a massive cavern. There were openings in the ceiling, allowing sunlight to illuminate the cavern. Small creeks flowed from waterfalls. The sound of water filled this space, and even the chirping of birds could be heard. I could see the elder gleam ahead, up a pathway on the other side of the cavern, but there was no way to reach it. It was protecting itself with its own roots. As I tried to push past them, or find a way to go around them, they would move. I pulled out Nettlebane, and considered slashing at the roots for me to take it, to make it to the tree itself. But then what? Stab one of the oldest, most magical trees in Stamriel? No, I could not do that. 
This is the one quest. This is one quest I must leave unfinished. I decided to return to Whiterun and let Danica know of my failure. I'd have to find other quests to do. Ancestral Worship As I journeyed back to Whiterun, it was getting dark, so I set up camp near where Maurice had been slain. I was a good distance from the road, comfortably surrounded by the tall fir trees of Skyrim. But something felt unsettling about the area, despite the beauty of it. I realized the rock wall near my tent was in fact a tomb. The, the Nord's burial rituals were different than that of the Green Pact. I had heard of the Draugr, the undead Nords that would mindlessly attack anyone who invaded their tomb. I took my torch to the entrance, to at least make sure no Draugr were in the outer chamber. Instead, I was greeted by a young man, a Nord, named Goldor. It seemed a dark elf necromancer was having his way with Goldor's ancestors. His aunt had gone into the tomb to stop it, but had not returned. I figured she was dead, but decided to help him search for his aunt. We entered the tomb, and didn't take, and it didn't take long for us to get attacked by Draugr. They were restless, probably from the necromancy going on, and his spirits being disturbed throughout the tomb. My bow was not the most effective against the Draugr, since they had no blood and could not feel pain, but we cut them down nonetheless. The tomb was a sprawling complex, impressive in size. Eventually, we found Goldor's aunt, Agna. She lay in a pool of blood. At that point, Goldor became a man and decided to kill the necromancer. Too bad he hadn't, didn't have that courage before his aunt died. As we continued through the tunnels, I began to run low on arrows. I picked the lock on a nearby chest to see if there were any in it. Goldor scolded me for being a grave robber. I scaled back at him, telling him I was only looking for arrows and weapons to aid us in the fight. He shrugged and muttered something under his breath. Eventually, we came to the main burial chamber. I could see the necromancer, Valsvaran, high up a set of stairs. I crouched and let off a perfect shot. On most people, it would have been fatal. But since it didn't kill him, he used restoration magic and immediately restored his health and healed his wounds. I should have used an anti-magic of poison. The fight was intense. Draugr were bursting from their coffins, attacking only us. He must have had some level of power over them. But Goldir proved to be an incredible fighter, and we destroyed all the Draugr and killed Valus Farron. I dropped the ancient Nord arrows that I had taken from the chest, as my promise to not be much of a grave robber. And I was able to salvage just one single steel arrow from one of the Draugr that I had shot. Goldir said he would stay home, or he would stay back to clean up the tomb and lay his ancestors back to rest. But he expressed interest in journeying with me if I ever returned to the forest here. I stayed the night in my tent outside the tomb, then returned to Whiterun the next day. And that's where I'm going to conclude this part of my uh, journey, my character's journey. I still need to do In My Time of Need, Missing in Action, and Becoming Thane, but I'm going to wrap that into my return to Bleak Falls Barrow for... Ferengar to get the uh, kind of the main quest stuff going on so I can acquire the house in Whiterun itself. So that'll be kind of at the front of my next one. Uh, but uh, notes for this one. It's interesting playing as a speed and long distance ranger archer with no sneak. Uh, I'm not putting a single point in sneak. So even though I do sneak around and my skill is going up, I'm not putting any points in it. So at most I'm getting a 2x uh, on my damage and missing out on that extra perk is pretty rough. I find that most fights I can pick off the really weak ones stealthily, 
but if it's anything ab uh, above just a little minion, they're going to start searching for me, and my sneak isn't high enough to remain undetected, so eventually I have to stand up and start running around. So it uh, certainly makes combat definitely a lot more interesting. I, I do have that perk allowing me to run at full speed with my bow drawn, with my bow drawn, which is very, very helpful. Um, and I find myself approaching locations very differently and literally viewing the same locations that I've seen dozens of times on previous playthroughs in a completely different perspective, uh, like that assault on the Hagraven to get Nettlebane. I've never took the time to climb around and look down at it before like I did this time. So it's a lot of fun uh, role-playing this character and playing to his strengths. Um, doing alchemy without using plants is a pain in the ass. Oh my god. But uh, I am kind of coming across a, some some good, uh, uh, you know, plant or uh, animal ways to do potions, antlers, eyeballs, and all that kind of stuff. So I make and do mainly to you know make poisons for for my uh, my bow. Um, the restoration perk to recharge stamina is awesome because it charges recharges my stamina bar faster than my magicka drains and so aside from having to spend about 10 seconds to recharge my stamina i'm basically able to sprint non-stop so i'm not sure if that means i could probably outdo a horse but uh it's pretty dope for a uh, playing as like a wood elf ranger character that's all about speed and maneuverability and less based on you know uh, agility and sneaking around um, oh, and losing Maurice sucked because I, as a player, I knew exactly what I could do, and I wasn't—I don't use my player knowledge to influence my character. So um, I was really happy that you know I was able to take him with me, and then we got sacked by that Dark Brotherhood assassin. Uh, I have no idea how that even happened. I was, I was very shocked because I hadn't really done any major quests yet. So uh, that was a pretty real moment for me. I was like legitimately sad that. Maurice uh, was there. I, I literally took a moment of silence, looking down at his dead body, and uh, you know, jumping into that that river, you know, falling off that uh, bridge. I, I literally did stumble. It seemed, and my as my character went off of it, um, it kind of reminded me of that scene in Fugitive with Harrison Ford where he jumps off the dam. Uh, it wasn't nearly that tall of a drop, but anyways, it was a uh, was a pretty intense moment there. Um, I think that pretty much wraps it up, but uh, this has been a lot of fun role-playing this, this character. I definitely look forward to doing more uh, of these uh, seasons. And until next time, gentlemen, have a good one. Oh, that was uh, – we were a little loud. I apologize for that. I turned up the volume. Hold on a second. That should be better. Um <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that was Kenneth's feedback, which was fantastic. I like how he really uh, wrapped the character together and, and drew in all three properties to, to his story and uh, the interesting take on the speed archery, which I kind of like. It's something way different. Yeah, it was really good role play. Really good. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I did a ranger character one time, and it's it it's definitely hard, especially if you've done – you know, a fair amount of sneaky archer uh, before that. Uh, but after a while, it feels pretty natural. Yeah, yeah I don't I, think I, I've ever done it that way where you're... Uh, well, I do like the idea of not using the perks because I think it makes archery slightly more realistic. 
Yeah, I think it's might maybe taking the round table thing to to its sort of nth degree. Uh, but but yeah, it's a cool. It's a it's it's it is a nice sort of role play limitation to just just use the level ups, but no perks. That's 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 kind of cool. Oh, he's doing um, no perks across the board. No, no, just no, no just sneak, no sneak, no sneak. Yeah, oh, which yeah. to give the archery per, yeah, or yeah. archery. Perks it wasn't part of his. Thing. It was random roll. Um, at least oh, you're still pretty effective, though. I mean, you just yes. you go around. Once you're at 100 sneak, I mean, sure, the perks are nice, but people aren't seeing you anyways. Yeah, you get you get pretty good by the, by that time. Yeah, you just don't get that, you know, 16 times yeah, damage. Archery, yeah. Well, as an archer, it's only three times, right? So if he's going up the archery tree, he can get double. Anyways, I'm not going to nitpick, but it's an interesting yeah. concept, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, the daggers you get, what, like 15 times or something like that, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And I, I haven't uh, had a chance to uh, test it out yet, but I did come across a mod that uh, helps him with his curse, uh, the curse of the unfinished. <laughs> oh, that was amazing! Yeah, there's a couple of those. Yeah, that's a great. That's a really funny joke. I, I like that a lot. Yeah, uh, it's a uh, who whose quest is it anyway? Yes, that's a great little mod. It's an SKSE plugin too, I think, isn't it? So it doesn't yeah. it doesn't have any any load on on your. It's it's no, it's no mess, no foul. If you take it. At, Put it in, take it out. Doesn't matter. Um, uh, speaking of mods, I, if he, I, Kenneth didn't didn't. Uh, I don't know if he mentioned all the mods he's using, but Kenneth, if you're not using Hunterborn and you're trying to be a, a you know a follower of the Green Pact and still do alchemy, grab Hunterborn and install it because you'll get a lot of extra animal ingredients. Yeah, uh, and, and scrimshaw. Yeah, yeah, the scrimshaw, um, what you know, module or whatever. There's also scrimshaw extended, right? That's that's. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. you, um, but yeah, definitely. Hunterborn is really good and it's really stable. So I did. I forget. Is he playing on? Did he say whether he's playing on PC or Xbox? Yeah, or, yeah. I think he said PC. PC. Yeah, I think so. Um. Well, so, that's what makes Ranger possible. You're 100 percent right, yeah. Victor. Like, yeah. or just survival in general. That yeah. that mod can't be done without, really. Even if you don't use it, it should just be in your loadout. Yeah, and especially for a, for a, for a Bosmer follower of Green Pact, because you can make all kinds of cool things out of animal bones and and uh, yeah. and stuff. Great, really powerful bone swords. I mean, there's really cool cool stuff early in the game too. So, of course, I found out that if you kill like a saber cat or a horse or something. Because I did exactly what he's talking about. I did a live stream series of a uh, Bosmer Green Pack Ranger. Yeah. And if you're not allowed to waste what you kill, like that's a lot of like saber cat steak to carry on your backpack. Like you, you learn to love bandoliers and pouches very quickly. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. With that build, or you I mean technically I would cook it and then like sell it at the first chance, like to anybody, because it's not wasted. Yeah, and you can set Hunterborn uh, if you want to, you know, mess around a little bit with with the value yeah. of the things. You can set it so you, you know, you you can make a little bit of extra money from the pelts and things like that. But yeah, it's definitely a good, it's a great mod to have for that kind of a character. Um, I liked his, I loved his backstory. It's really good, and and uh, I really like the idea of using the the, the Hearthfire houses as 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 uh, Thalmor safe houses. That yes. is really imaginative. Yeah, it was. It's really cool. Um, so, uh, so really, really, really well done. Really well done. Yeah, that was super interesting the way yeah. he pulled it off. Yeah. Um, Check my so. notes. And and his comment about the Daedra, that's so spot oh, on. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's so. great. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, well, now that we have uh, we have Steve here, Skyrim, uh, Skyrim Book Club official, yeah, official Skyrim Book Club. Uh, how's your Steve uh, has more than a hundred followers? More than a hundred <laughs> followers on YouTube. Uh, how's your uh, roundtable character going? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Thanks for asking. Um, I guess I'm as far as the end of all the assigned quests mm-hmm. for episode one. Me too. Uh, for those who uh, don't know, I've been posting them all at youtube.com slash Skyrim Book Club. I've been watching uh, them. Uh, yeah, Victor, you're like my, my lawyer. But, oh, you've been seeing them too, right? Well, thanks. Oh, yeah. So I've been, in, I've been enjoying that. But it's all there for anyone who wants to see like the, the blow by blow. But uh, I sort of narrowed down a lot of what I was given. Uh, you know, I was given Ranger as well as Kenneth, but since I loaded Hunterborn and Campfire, I've basically done nothing but play Ranger for like a year. So I thought, well, let's try something a little different. So I decided to just play her as uh, a Red Guard sword singer because I had recently read a bunch of Red Guard lore, and that sort of makes sense with the um, with the illusion and the heavy armor because you know she'd be a warrior, but you know the the illusion would be uh, adding magic to whatever she's doing. And I cheat in some, well, not cheat, but I use conjuration to bring up the, the bound sword. And that, uh, that's been sort of her shtick. Uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun. It was more of like an emergent story. I think that, like, I didn't hear all of Kenneth's feedback, but just your comment, like he really seemed to bring a real rich story to his, to his character. Yeah. In my case, I, I feel like it's been more emergent. Like normally I start with an idea and then I make the numbers and skills fit. Whereas this was like, here's a bunch of numbers and skills. And I sort of had to try to construct an idea out of that. And that took some doing. So it's been more like from play that, that I've sort of discovered stuff about oh, okay. her a little bit here and there. So I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed that part of it. Uh, the companions, that was, that was interesting. Um, I'm only sort of like three big stages into it or whatever. I've never played that one. I only listened to some of Victor's Let's Play. He got past the point where I was like, "Well, I haven't heard about this." So, <laughs> plus, I was playing. I was playing with a mod. So oh, you had the little, modded, yeah. Yeah, my mine was a little different from what you you'll experience anyway. So, but that's been interesting. I mean, you can't know about Skyrim for however many years and not kind of you know know that there's werewolves in there, right? Yeah. But uh, but the actual doing of it was interesting, and uh, I thought that was a nice match for her. I mentioned this in one of my videos, but like she was told to go imperial so that's the guy that i followed out my logic for that was that um as the prisoner says in one of the episodes um he's been dishonored because he's caught captured the um the alakir warriors that give you the in my time of need i think it is mm-hmm. that quest. well he says so it's dishonorable to have been captured so she's in the back of a wagon with a bunch of storm cloaks and really like you're gonna take over skyrim like the five of you guys that like you couldn't shout your way out of a border patrol. Maybe, maybe you're not the team I want to join. Right. Yeah. And of course the Imperials, well, they have all the power. So she followed that guy, but I didn't really want to do that either. So I've really focused in on the skills. Uh, and I focused in on um, the companions as a quest line. Obviously I'm following the hearth fire houses. And uh, in the next cycle, I'll be near Riften where my wife and orphan are. So you'll see that come up. But I don't know if I'm going to be able to adopt them into a, because I used a mod to build my only house so far. I don't know if I'm going to be able to adopt them into that uh, Hearthcraft home. Because it oh, wouldn't have right. a bedroom orphans would recognize. So I will probably like find out where this kid hangs out. We build the next house in the next cycle of episodes or whatever and adopt adopt him or her there. 
So yeah, that's been that's been neat. And I mean, again, it was a really pleasant surprise. I mean, I I must have known this, but it was really given Rhea as a house Carl, because here's a fellow Red Guard outside mm-hmm. of the land. But then I kind of worked out this idea that she's probably like, like my dad was in the military. And he actually did this. It's called a foreign exchange program where like a British officer and a Canadian officer of same rank. And they do this with Americans and other forces as well. will switch and they'll do each other's role for a year to kind of figure out, well, how do the Canadians do it? How do the Brits do it? So on. So I figured she's kind of like a foreign exchange officer in Sid Gear's court. But that's been really interesting because like, on the one hand, here's a friendly face, but on the other hand, I'm kind of here for dishonorable reasons. So yeah. And the backstory, uh, again, I'll just, I guess I'll leave you with this, but the backstory on her is um, she finds herself in Skyrim as a mercenary, uh, largely because of taking dishonorable action prior. It wasn't getting captured, but this penchant she has for pickpocketing has, uh, has come out and it sort of, it, it, she got caught by someone more important than her, if you will. But as, uh, as I've played through the episodes, I've, I've decided that she sort of robs people to give them a comeuppance. Like there's a certain amount of greed. She likes enchanted items, but it's like, like Nazim, you know, that guy condescends to you, like on your way down the stairs from Dragon Reach, like every time. I mean, does he not even look at where, what direction you're walking? But uh, like, that's the kind of guy, like he needs, he needs to get taken down a peg or two, that guy. And, uh, and then, you know, like the racist brother of uh, Pine, what was it? Pine Good. Goods, oh yeah, pine goods pine, in, yeah, in yeah. <laughs> Pinewood good or pine yeah, yeah. So he's the yeah. lover. Uh, yeah, you know, he obviously. Nice. Well, okay, yeah. So you know, well, we're gonna we're gonna carry your burdens, sir. Just look the other way for a second. You know, that sort of thing. So that's the way that I've sort of played it out. Is that uh, and then Sid Gear, you know, kind of smarmy. His first yeah. your first interaction with him is yeah. go kill these people that I used to let bribe me to do illegal things. <laughs> okay, well. You know, you need to be taught a little bit of a lesson too. So, so it's sort of she punishes greedy people by taking from them. It's it's vaguely Robin Hood, except I keep everything in a in a, a cabinet in my house. I don't give it to the poor. Yeah, that that's been a fun mechanic to watch. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I'm doing it live, right, Ray? Like I'm not. I know. I'm yeah, not, I know. And you're like, like oh, am, I gonna make it? am I going to make it? Oh yes. But that tension, that tension's real. Like I'm not making that up because I. Well, here's the. Th- thing okay i legitimately did not i did not know that it would be such a small fine okay my only memory of failing as a pickpocket like i did this i've I've played a pickpocket before but but like stealthed out for it you know like all the sneak perks and you know uh illusion spells kind of stuff but um i didn't uh i didn't know i could just drop my hands and pay like 20 bucks like i thought i thought it was just aggression yeah by, on the part of the person that you've pickpocketed, right? Because I've been stabbed more than once by someone. They like their first reaction is to pull out a dagger, right? And I don't do it frequently enough that it, you know, it was a year and a half ago or something that I, the last time I played a pickpocket, and I didn't fail very often, and I save scummed all the time, so I didn't know what the consequences were. Yeah. So that's made it a little bit easier. But but oh yeah, that's 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 a lot of fun. And how about the steed stone coming in? No penalty for uh, for armor, so I can zip around on the map and. I'm not paying the encumbrance or the penalty to my sneak skill when I'm trying to pickpocket people. So that was a really nice random roll from the, uh, from the generator that worked out really well. It sort of made, it made that part of her character viable, I think. 
Yeah, when you're going to do a lot of pickpocketing, it pays to have little stash spots everywhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to lose a lot of stuff if you get caught. That's... Well, see, that's funny, right? Because I've had that consideration. But by the same token, like, like I'm really just doing it for the skills. You mm. know what I mean? Like, so, so it's only if I lose a piece of gear that I'm now wearing. Like, if I stole something better than the thing that I owed, like, because what's going to happen? At some point, you watch, like, I'm going to get caught, and you're going to come back, and she's going to have no shoes. Yeah, yeah. Or something, you know? Or just, just she's going to have no no helmet at this point, you know? So that's the only thing I'm really afraid of. But I didn't finish a thought about the companion. Sorry, I'll circle back to that real quick. Despite the fact that in my videos, I've kind of, like, pushed back against them in the last couple episodes. Like, the idea that you're not really given the choice to become a vampire. And that just... Maybe I could have walked away, and perhaps you more experienced players can tell me that. But um, I felt like that was one point where, like, Skyrim and all of its open sandboxy beauty, like, you just, that's it, you've been railroaded. It's like getting into Riften. There's no way to avoid talking to Maul, right? Well, you can walk by him, but, yeah. Well, no, not him, but it's, it's Brynjolf. Brynjolf yeah. always finds Brynjolf, you. Yeah. If you go, yeah. yeah, he always finds you. So you get railroaded in Riften pretty strong. So I, I felt that was a bit sort of chintzy right like yeah. I, like there's no way i feel like there's no way to be in the companions without choosing to be a werewolf i mean where would the story go okay fair enough but well that's anyways a, that's 100 percent the reason why i use that uh um, enhanced skyrim factions mod to play my to yeah. do my uh companions because that that mod does give you that choice yeah but even under those circumstances i guess the thing that i'm trying to spit out in my roundabout way is that i glommed onto the idea of the companions because that is the safe place for her in Skyrim yeah. until she really gets her feet. I mean, even having her own home or whatever, like, because, well, you know, I'm a wanted criminal as far as the Imperials are concerned. Um, I'm, I'm not welcome in my homeland as of yet. Although perhaps after in my time of need, I'll have a, a friend at court at some point. And, uh, and, and really like, I just bailed on the storm cloaks or, you know, or we got caught. So I don't know how, what they think of me either. So sort of, she doesn't have anywhere to be. And here's someone that, like, she came up military, right? So it's about, part of, about being part of a group, part of a unit, you know, whatever I imagine. Um, I can only imagine that experience, of course, but uh, you would gravitate to something like that. So it seems like fairly honest, fairly honorable work they've had her do. And they're kind of above the law, right? Like, you don't really see them fighting on anybody's side when you storm and white run. And they're respected by everybody. So the load screen tells me, right? Yeah, yeah, we're brothers and sisters and honor is honor, and we show up if the coin is good enough. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> well, that's why Iskramor came so many years ago. Someone had paid him to like guard, yeah. guard the merchants on this boat that was going west to look for spice or something. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, so that's sort of how I've settled in. So, and then now it's just about, and again, it'll be probably more organic and emergent than than pre thought, but it's about her sort of. I guess coming to terms with sort of what she's done um, and then planting that seed with, uh, I've always forget her name, the woman from in my time of need, but that's so, and that's an interesting seed. Sadia. Sadia. Yeah. So having her as an ally and it'll be stuff like that. It'll be about like repairing her reputation to her own satisfaction, establishing herself as someone significant and important. And I will probably finish companions long before uh, we finish the roundtable episodes, right? Just because there's only so many stages. So I think with her, I'm actually going to, I'm going to pursue some of the Dragonborn stuff. I think that like, I don't know why it just came out of my mouth when I was recording. Like it was spontaneous, but that she felt this was this like genuine, like religious experience. Cause you take it for granted as a Skyrim player, right? Like, boom, I'm the guy. 
and I made a joke at the time about being like Nord Jesus or whatever. But then I thought about that. Like you heard the chanting of an ancient beast from glowing runes on a wall after defeating an undead. Like that's not normal, man. You know, that doesn't just happen to people all the time. And I'm sure there's Alakir lore around the gods and dragons and stuff, but like, I decided not to play that as just an element of the game. Like that she's had this unique, you know, maybe not religious experience, but I can't, I struggle for a better word at the moment. So I think that that will be like part of her journey through Skyrim is sort of, is like, it's a redemption from things past, but it'll be like a classic, you know, biblical or prophetic story where like, you know, you pass through some kind of death and emerge like a lot of the initiation rites in old secret societies, you had to crawl through a tunnel and whatever, right. To symbolize that. So you've been, you've been captured. You were almost beheaded and, you know, kind of like the past is now behind you. She'll make amends and come to terms with that. And then she'll emerge as something new and different. So I don't know, but like, it's, it's not going to be just because I want to be able to do cool things with my character that I'll pursue the ability to shout and stuff. So I'm looking forward to what that teaches me about Clea. Cool. So I guess that's what I'd say about that. The rest, of course, you can watch on the YouTube channel. <laughs> and that is a massive bottle of water. Oh, you like that? Eh? <laughs> yeah. Aided by, by camera perspective. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, whoa. No, whoa. that's that's pretty much the scale. We make them big here in Canada. So. <laughs> Thirsty. No, uh, this is a little more. This is about a liter. Okay, but here's the here's the part that's going to terrify all of you. Oh boy. My wife didn't buy me this. This is a gift. She didn't buy me this for water. She bought me this to put coffee in. Oh, that's a good. Oh, well, that's fantastic. Well, because I used to work. Uh, I used to run a window cleaning company. We were out there. Uh, 365 right like i'm out there in minus 40 weather i also have an addiction to uh you know coffee with cream and sugar in it (laughs) so i would always take one like a small one with me in my travel cup but i would come home and complain about how like that wasn't enough the first one doesn't count and like you know like god every day like i'm spending like four bucks on coffee like making two stops at the coffee shop so now you carry it she comes home with this, and the first day, and she like pours a liter of hot steaming coffee and then hands it to me, and I and I remembered again why I married her. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's the story. But today it's water. Yeah. Oh, that makes perfect. That's amazing. That is a hell of a hell of a bottle. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, I believe our next feedback we have. Uh, where is that? We have Corbin's. If I can find it. And uh, so let me pull that up. And seventeenth we'll... of last seat. Oh, there Fort we go. Hera, you're two hundred one. I'm gonna start that over. Two. Hold on, <laughs> uh, and uh, turn up the volume also. So here we go. Seventeenth of last seed, fourth era. You're two hundred one. This is going to be the recorded journal of Organ Gronach of Nushdukyal. Paladin of Malakath. Until a fortnight ago, I was a simple hunter for the stronghold, following the chief's orders and doing what I could to support my home. That all changed when Malakath came to me in my dreams and charged me with spreading his code and word across Skyrim. At first, the chief didn't believe me, beating me black and blue for taking our patron's name in vain. I thought he was right at first, that it was nothing more than a passing dream. But then Malka spoke to me again and again, like a patient father he is. After speaking with the wise woman, I challenged the chief again, knowing that our father supported me. 
It was still a hard-won fight, but when I lifted him and smashed him into the ground, the chief was finally convinced the truth of my words. Or perhaps he simply grew tired of me. The result is the same. So now I leave my home. Before I left, the forge wife Garhal asked me to deliver her orc blade to her daughter Lash in Karstlagen. I saw her forge the blade with her sorrow of losing Lash from the stronghold, and am honored to do this task for her. I am not yet equipped for the frigid north, so I will travel f east after completing this task, towards the Nord city of Whiterun. Neared Whiterun in the afternoon, there was a woman in steel armor talking with the stable master about a jester north of the city. Maybe I'll check it out later. Never seen one before. Wonder if he's got those little bells on his hat. He didn't have bells. If that thing is what a jester is, then I would be happy to help eradicate them from Skyrim once more. He was clearly insane, but even that doesn't justify the feeling of foreboding I have. Like I didn't want to get on his bad side. I really wanted nothing more to get than to get this gesture on his way away from me, and hopefully out of Skyrim completely. So I went up to the farm he spoke about, and spun some lie about how he should, how he should help a stranger in need. He seemed to believe me, but that meant I needed to go talk to the crazy man again. He did end up paying well, enough for several days of travel. But I'm not sad to say that I'll be glad if I never see, or more importantly, hear him again. It was late, and had just begun to rain when I entered Whiterun. So I headed for the inn and a warm bed, but not before hearing about some dying tree in the middle of the city. I'll have to check it out tomorrow. Twentieth of last seed. Got up early today, still raining. Malakas smoked to me again last night, told me to continue east and look for a lying man with red hair. If I leave soon, I should be able to make it to Lagerschmer by tomorrow night. Before I left Whiterun, I headed up to look at the tree. There was a priestess of Kinnereth sitting on the bench under it, who explained what was going on with the tree. Said she needed some sap from the mother tree, and it could only be tapped using a hag made weapon called a nettlebane. Not really sure something I would do, but I was a bit curious about the weapon. So next time I'm down that way, I'll try to swing by. 21st of Last Seed well, I didn't get to the stronghold last night, not even close. I decided to swing down past Helgen and towards Orphan Rock to try and find the Nettleblane Denica wanted. I was able to take out two of the witches easily enough with my bow from a distance, but the Hagrin gave me no end to trouble. Every time I lined up a shot, she hurled a fireball at me. The orcish armor I brought from my home wasn't able to take more than a single hit. Even then, I was frying like an egg inside. Took me the better part of the night, leaping away from the blast, trying to sneak up on her, or finding some place that gave me a safe line of sight. Eventually, I stuck enough arrows in her that she seemed to be weakening. Then she just pulled the arrows out and cast a healing spell on herself. All bets were off after that. It was one thing to fight, quite another to exterminate an honorless monster. Taking cover behind a tree, I dropped my bow and held my shield in one hand and my warhammer in the next. Diving out from behind the cover, I brought my shield up and charged across the fall along to the Hag Raven's Rock. Deflecting a fireball halfway over, I dropped my shield and brought my hammer down to bear on the monster. Letting the blood rage take over, I struck the feathered horror again and again, not even feeling the fire wash over me or the monster's claws find chinks in my armor. Within seconds, its head was smashed in as it lay limp on the ground. I tore the nettlebane, a wavy dagger of sorts, from its hand and headed back south to the road to rest and heal. 22nd of Last Seed Was heading north from Iverstead when I noticed some stone arches leading up a path off the road. Curiosity got the better of me, and I followed the arches up to one of those Nord tombs. Never understood why they buried their dead, 
What's wrong with a good old forge funeral, or dying out in the wilderness? Well, anyway, I noticed a flickering light coming through the outer doors, so I had a look inside. Found an ord man. Not more than a boy, really. He explained how a necromancer was defiling his ancestors in the tomb, which is exactly why burying your dead makes no sense to me when things like this can happen. The coward also said that he let his aunt go on into the tomb. Should have spent an extra day when he was a kid in there just for that. Well, the dead can't defend their honor themselves, except the draugr, I suppose, yet another reason against burial. Anyway, I offered to help the lad, which he was still only too glad to accept. A few rooms in, we found his aunt's bloody body lying in the antechamber. He was berating himself of why he didn't go with her. Can't say I could muster up much sympathy for the coward. Except for the occasional gem or coin on the dead I slayed, I left the rest of the tomb intact. I didn't have a problem with taking what the dead had left behind for us, but I doubt the Nord saw it the same way. It didn't take long to find a hidden passage. The big ring of, on a chain was a bit of a giveaway. I'd like to say I had no problems taking the necromancer down, but as soon as I landed the first blow, he up and vanished while all the Nord's ancestors rose up to attack. Must have been about twenty of them pounding on us, but I filled them with arrows and gave the elf the same fate, with a bit of special orc poison that locked away his magicka. The Nord said he was going to stay and put his aunt to rest. I suggested burning her to ash since there was no forge available, but he wasn't so receptive to the idea. 23rd of Last Seed Finally reached the stronghold in the early afternoon, but strangely enough the gates were closed and barred. Even banging on the gate and calling out led to nothing. I'm not sure what to make of this. Even if some ritual or sickness was occurring, a guard would have been posted at the very least. I don't like this. Not at all. Made it to Riften today. So I see why Malakath guarded me here. The South Gate refused me entrance, and the North Guardsman tried to get me to pay a visitor's tax. Bah! He didn't even try to pretend he wasn't shaking me down. I told him so, and he let me into the city, where I was assaulted from every direction with talk of a thieves' guild. As if one thief wasn't bad enough, now they're working together. I was nearing the market to go offload some of my items, when a red-haired man approached me, spewing lies about where I earned the coin I carried just like Malakath had told me. I spoke with the man for a few moments until he tried to rope me into stealing one of the merchant's rings. Me, a paladin of Malakath. I told him I was not interested and left him before I could help myself from smashing my fist into his face. How could Malakath send me to someone so blatantly breaking his code? However, apparently my spreading of Malakath's ideas had become well known. I received a letter just before reaching the Bee and Barb Inn from the Jarl Falkreath inviting me to become his thane. I didn't speak to him the last time I was in Falkreath, but I should make a point of returning. My fame is Malkast's fame. 25th of Last Seed I returned to the stronghold, only to find it assaulted at, by a giant pounding at its gate. With the help of my bow, we beat the attackers down. I spoke with the wise woman, who explained how the chief had become stricken and weak, and ordered them all to isolate themselves within the stronghold. The wise woman knows that they cannot continue this way, and seeks Malkath's guidance, something I am more than happy to help with. To perform the ritual, she requires troll fat and a daedra heart. I already have the fat, but the heart will be more difficult to locate. 26th of Last Seed Took the carriage to Falkreath. Just as I was headed into the city, the guard stopped me and inquired about a dog the blacksmith was looking for. I told him I hadn't seen any dogs, but it got me thinking about seeing if I could find one for myself. Dogs are loyal and honorable creatures. I continued to the Jarl's lodge and met the man himself. He charged me with taking out a group of bandits. I agreed to do so, 
but it seems the bandits were paying him a share of the ill-gotten goods, which makes that man a thief. Unfortunately, extracting the blood price from him would get the guards involved, and Paladin or Malakath or not, I doubt I would stand a chance. Leaving town, I started heading west towards the bandit hideout when I spotted a pool of black liquid. When I went down to look at a closer look, I saw a black door with a skull on it. It gave me the same feeling as that gesture did, so I left it alone and got on my way. Shortly after, I met the dog. He said his name was Barbus. Yes, he talks the common tongue. When I noted my surprise, he mentioned that flying lizard and Khajiit roamed Skyrim and challenged me to explain why he was so much stranger than that. Turns out he's not a regular dog, though, since he's a servant of Clavicus Vile. Now, I'm not sure how I should feel about helping another Daedric prince, but it seemed a bit more important than bandit hunting, so I followed Barbus to a shrine of Clavicus Vile located in a vampire den. Turns out he wants me to bring back an axe of his in Rhyme Rock Barrow. According to my map, it's at the very northern tip of Skyrim. Might take me a while to reach that area, but Barbus seems like he wants to follow me until then. I just wish he would stop barking so much. 27th, the last seed. Reached the bandits around noon. They had the advantage of numbers and heights, but they proved no issue for my new orcish bow to put arrows through them. Barbus was surprisingly useful in combat. Not only does he distract them and took a few down, he shrugged off wounds that had killed another dog. Guess being the hound of a Daedric Lord has its perks. 28th of Last Seed Returned to Farquhar's and, after doing some odd jobs around the city, delivering ashes, finding Daedric dogs, retrieving a journal from haunted caves, ugh, I became the Thane of Falkreath. My glory is Malakath's glory. 29th of Last Seed Returned to Whiterun to speak with Pure Spring about the Nettlebane. Quite a bit happened before I even left the city, though, but let's start with her. Went to return the dagger she sent me for, and she refused to even touch the thing, instead sending me to the Elder Gloom Sanctuary, which was to the east. I'm sorry to say I'm starting to get annoyed at her. She really doesn't seem to care or even believe I'll succeed, and isn't helping by pointing me to a place that is somewhere in a quarter of Skyrim. I also got a pilgrim tagging along now for some reason. This is ending up being much more involved than I was expecting. I was also wandering around the marketplace when I started talking to an old woman, one of the grey maids, I think. She told me she thinks her son is still alive and to meet me in her home. Seems like she needs some help, so I'll go see what she has to say. 30th of Last Seed Went to speak with the grey maids. Turns out one of her sons is missing, and she thinks he was taken by the Imperials with the aid of the Battleborn family. I was sent to go find evidence at the Battleborn's home, and found a missive explaining how he was a prisoner of the Talus at Northwatch Keep. I know it was needed, but it felt wrong taking the missive. I left a few septums in his place as a blood price. When I told the remaining brother about the missive, he wanted to gather a group and assault the keep, but I convinced him to let me try alone first. I'd rather be outnumbered than take the chance of putting an arrow in one of their backs because they turned the wrong way. Good news, though, is that Northwatch is near Rhyme Rock Borough, so I can get that axe with Barbus as well. First thing is Elder Gleam, however. After several hours of travel, I reached the sanctuary. I was not expecting a giant underground grove. It was surprisingly pleasant to take a few minutes to rest before I continued up to the big tree. I used the nettle vein to lift the roots. I could have crawled through if I removed my armor now that I think about it, but that's in the past. I was about to extract the sap when what's-his-name started yelling at me about being a man of violence. It was like he hadn't seen me dealing with bandits or anything the entire way over. Well, I asked if he had a better idea, and to my surprise, he actually did. So now I'm going to be carrying a sapling back with me. 
Just got to figure out how to fit it into my pack. 31st of last seed. Return the sapling to Whiterun. Ironically, it was the last day of last seed. At first, Pure Springs complained that he didn't bring the sap back. She complained about how was she supposed to run the temple without the support of the people who came to see the Gilderglean. She seemed so upset about the tree before when talking to the pilgrim. I told her it wasn't my problem. I did what she asked and then some. It's time to wash my hands of this fool, Aaron. First of heart fire. I took a carriage from Whiterun to Solitude during the night. I dozed most of the way, so I was still a bit tired when we stopped. I decided to run down the road to Dragon's Bridge instead of bothering with the city. I went to the inn and woke up the innkeeper to buy some food and a room. But when I stepped back into the main hall, I looked to my right to see a bear standing next to the hearth. At first I thought it was a stuffed bear, but then it roared at me. I sent a few arrows flying and put it down with the help of one of my wandering kinsmen. It was still strange, though. How did it even get through the door? Second of heart fire. At the turn of the night, we assaulted the old fort to save the Grey Mane. The place was swarming with Thalmor soldiers, and Malekith would be proud of the carnage I left in my wake, and how the prisoners were freed. Such a waste to keep people locked in cages. By sure, it's cold up here. The sun is rising now, and I'll leave as soon as it's up. Strange thing, though. I swear I could see a castle across the water. Not a keep of fortress, but a tall castle. I was heading back east, freezing my tusks off when I spotted a cave. I went in to get out of the wind for a moment, and cleared it out of ice wolves. In the back of the cave, I found a victim of the wolves. I'm not sure who he was, but his clothes were thick and fur-lined, warmest I've ever seen, and he didn't need them any longer, so I took it for my own. Hadn't been this warm since I left Whiterun. Made a detail over to the stronghold up here to check in with them. They seemed secure and not needing any assistance. I discussed the southern stronghold's plight with them, and they were able to sell me a Daedra heart for the ritual. I need to get back there soon. Fifth of Heartfire When I was heading out of Whiterun, I saw two Red Guards arguing with the guard. Seems like they were looking for another Red Guard woman in the city. They asked me for my assistance, but wouldn't tell me why they were looking for her. Something's telling me not to trust them, but I suppose I could ask around. There's only two Red Guard women in the city, after all. The Merc's bookworm wife and the serving wench. Seems like I made the right choice. As soon as I mentioned the Red Guards to the serving wench, she pulled a dagger on me and threatened to cut me in two. It was almost laughable. This puny woman with a bit of iron against a fully armored paladin of Malakath and Clavicus Vile's hound. I smacked the knife away and called her a fool. Apparently she's a runaway noble from Hammerfell and the Allo, whatchamacallit, sorry, assassins from the Altmari Dominion. Not sure why they would want to take her back to Hammerfell, though. After talking to the Red Guard in the prison, he directed me to his leader's hideout to the west, a cave of all things. I could understand an inn in another town, or even an old fort if he didn't want to pay the coin, but a cave? Every time I get deeper into this problem, it gets worse. I'm going to speak with the serving wench again. If she doesn't give me some evidence to back up her claim, I might just leave them all to work it out themselves. Sixth of Heartfire. She didn't. I told her if she wanted someone killed, that she would need to do it herself. Heyo, fellow Red Tablers. This is my first round table, and I just started listening recently, actually. Uh, a little bit about my character. We have Ogan Gronok. He's a orc male. His warrior skills archery. His mage skills enchanting. His thief skill is alchemy. Civil War side is Stormcloaks. His class is Paladin, and so I made him a Paladin Malkath. 
His guardian stone is the Ritual Stone, which does the raise all dead. Uh, I'm not sure how useful that's going to be for him, but we'll see. His home is Bree's home. Uh, his orphan that he's going to eventually adopt is Runa Fairshield from Honor Hall. Uh, Stats-wise, he's Health 2, Magicka 1, Stamina 3, so he's not going to be using much magic. His humanoid follower is Nigel Stonearm from the Companions. His other follower, as you probably heard, it was Barbus. Uh, his spouse is Ayla. Uh, his faction is the Thieves' Guild, which I am going to find very interesting, considering the Code of Malakath, part of that is no stealing. Um, we'll see how that works out. His line is good. I'm going to think his good, not the common uh, thought of good. And that's about it. I'm really, so far, I've really been enjoying playing this, and I really, and I look forward to continuing and hearing about everybody else's characters. This is Blaze. See you next week. And remember, what do you aim to do with that hammer, my friend? Knock down a house. <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah. Thank you, Corbin. And again, apologize for not responding to the first email. Apparently. <laughs> As we discussed earlier, uh, <laughs> I like how we got into character and modified his voice on the recording. Dude, I liked that a lot. Yeah. I thought that was cool. Yeah, yeah. A little gravelly and you know, drop some bass in there or whatever. Yeah, I like yeah. it. Yeah, well done. But but Malakath, a patient father. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> a paladin and Malakath is is an interesting take, though. Yeah, that's for like sure. That. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely looking forward to more of that. Yeah, that's a cool concept. I do like that a lot. <laughs> uh, so we have a, another feedback uh, from Orgasmo. Um, is that uh, what's Andrew's character's name? Uh, where's why can't I open that? God, where did it go? All right, there we go. <laughs> I'm having trouble clicking through different windows here. Sorry, I forget how to yeah, use a computer. You didn't mention yeah. any mods, but yeah, having the ritual stone would certainly be a the Andromeda Standing Stones does uh, such a perfect job with that one. Yeah, it does. If if you want, if you want, it's it's it seems a little op sometimes, but it, it's it's really cool if you use it. If you uh, the, the nice thing is that it doesn't really you you don't have to be uh, in favor of necromancy, right? For that, you know, to play into your story because yeah. they're just. They're, they're spirits that have so much respect for you that they come back and fight for you. Yeah. I found that much uh, a much more interesting and sort of kind of eerie ooh, sort of take on it, like the Andromeda version of the Ritual Stone. I saw it on one of Victor's streams. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, there's something to be said for just like, okay, you know, you call out some power word and all the people stand up. And that's amazing after you've been in a big fight, for sure. Yeah. There's something fun about that. But that's really like corner Casey. Like when are you, when are you ever going to be? I mean, usually you're going to get two or three people, right? In the last a couple yeah. of minutes. But there's something really interesting about like combat being joined, and and like like in the ghost of someone that you have bested in the past, or something, sort of whatever you walk something. up to, you know, a spider, uh, whatever, you know. And and the the stone will also drop dead bodies in front of you if you are playing a necromancer. You can raise if you want to. Um, it'll you know. Uh, so that's the, the ritual listens, I think is the one, I don't know. It says something and it'll drop a, you know, a corpse in front of you. Uh, but yeah, that's good. I liked a lot of, uh, a lot of Cor Corbin's, uh, um, 
little side comments, you know, like like thinking about removing his armor to to get under the uh, the roots and stuff like that. Uh, it's it's kind of cool. It's really nice. Uh, uh, another nice sort of role play. Uh, really, really got into the character well. They're stripping all the warm clothing off the guy in the cave. Like that tells yeah. me he's playing with Frostfall installed. That oh, was yeah. my I guess is he's got yeah. Frostfall, but that's the story reason there. Yeah. yeah, and uh, and yeah, just like his, I like the sort of the the typical orcish impatience. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like being yeah. run around left, right, and center, or whatever, you know, and and just okay. So I shot arrows at this witch for like six hours. Finally, I just took my hammer and ran at her with my shield up, yeah. you know, and like you know, let the battle rage go. Well, that's the berserk power, right? Like he just he hit his Q button or whatever, and but see, like I like the way he's he's bringing yeah. it into. Yeah, it's just sort of story and narrative, uh, which is a lot of fun. I got lucky. I think she glitched out in mine. She just sort of stood there for the last couple of shots. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was good. That was interesting. It'd be interesting to see, like, especially when he has to deal with uh, the thieves guild stuff. How's he gonna? How is the player gonna make peace with his character and find a way to, like, you know, make those two things merge? Right. That'll be. It'll be interesting to like. I hope. I hope he records more and sends it in for us. Yeah. So I look forward to hearing how that pans out. Yeah. Too. We do have uh, some of part, what, the script of part two? Is that what it was? Yeah. And uh, he talked sense. about that yeah. a little bit about yeah. going to see the red haired man and yep. stuff like that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So we, we at least know there's a part two. Yeah. Nice. Uh, all right. Let's see what uh, Mr. Orgasmo is up to here. Uh, <laughs> better known as uh, Andrew. Let's see. Legend. From Orsinium says, an orphan was carved from ice, whose origin is quite the mystery. Some saying she's the offspring of an orcish frost wizard, and a frost troll who was suspiciously kind to orcs who ventured up the mountain. This is the tale of Gazel Oregon, a female orc fond of heavy armor and frost destruction magic. Pickpocketing on the side of the storm cloaks poses as a cleric. Would love to find the steed stone. Has a vacation home up on Severn Manor when not uh, using the hearth fire homes of Skyrim. Needs to make friends and adopt Lucia. The White Run Orphan, as you can understand, fond of orphans. Has a health of two, magic of three, stamina of one. So magic of three is very nice. Follower, we have Roginot Beard. The armored troll of Dongard will be the non-humanoid follower. A spouse of... Angrenor, once honored. The Delt uh, faction was the Bard's College, but we'll probably uh, start with Dawn Garden and see if we can get to the Bard's College since I've done that one a few times. Get that armored troll. Visit Daddy. And the alignment should be evil. Started the character off escaping Helgen, going off to Soul's Time immediately, almost as fast as possible, up at level 2. 
But I found I didn't have enough uh, gold to get on the boat. So I found a couple of bickering uh, alchemists nearby who had a little project. They needed me to fetch a cracked file. Oh, they thought it was whole at the time, I think. So after I bring that the uh, white file back, I suddenly have enough caps to get on the boat and get up to Solstheim at level 3, I think, maybe 4 at that point. Uh, I found Solstheim very tough. I tried to get in. I have the black book from uh, the Black Raven Mine. That's what my ultimate goal was. And then the other one, the other black book to get you the the salesman guy who will pop out. So I don't have to visit merchants all the time. One of my favorite little uh, exploits is that black market merchant. Uh, but I level three or four. I'm just too low leveled. So I even went out and I grabbed uh, w- one of the few followers I knew I could just grab quickly was a, a paid mercenary, uh, Teldrin Saro. I love that guy. He's got that. And you, boys. Uh, da, 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 da. I just love that guy a lot. Uh, so I grabbed him. He's been following me around. He's he's actually a really powerful sort of fire wizard one hand, and he's got uh, some powerful um, one-handed weapons as well. So double double attack, he's good to have around. My other follower I have right now, just because, you know, I'm a big fan of the followers, is I've grabbed Vigilance the dog from over there at the Mark Hearth uh, horse stables. I have to do that before I go. <laughs> Last time I tried, I went and did the... Um, you know, you have to do the thing where I want to go get the uh, Verilus, Brother Verilus there. He's he's one of those quest followers you can sort of trap into following you. And last time I forgot that you have to get the dog first because um, I, th- I think Banig, the, the, the dog dealer there at Markarth, is part of the cult, the, the cannibal cult that uh, you try to feed Verilis to. So I think after you start that whole process, I don't think Bannon comes back to selling dogs after he's been busted as a cannibal. Um, so into the quests a little bit here. Um, I have become Thane, spoiler alert, uh, but I haven't built one lick of bed, one lick of roof, one lick of floor, anything. But I need to do that quickly because I uh, I do have concern for the orphan up there in White Run, so I need to get her a bed. I've already talked to her. She I told her she could come live with me once I get a a bed made for. Her. The um the quest here become Thane. I did that. Kill the bandit leader. Really funny. Um. Even before I had gotten the quest to actually kill the bandit leader, something sparked up. I said, "Go kill the bandit leader," at Embershard Mine. I was like, "Oh, sweet." So I thought that, oh, this is kicking off already. Nice. Because I, th- I just visited Falkreath and talked to a few people, but I hadn't actually done the thing where they told me to go kill a Banley. So I was like, oh, wow, it's actually pu- pushing through. This would have never happened on PS3. It's being nice. The quests are actually falling in line and being cooperative. So I went there, and uh, right outside Embershard Mine, I ran into a very large group of bandits. I don't know if you guys have ever had this happen before, but there were like eight bandits deep, and there were two bandit chiefs. So I don't know if the game double spawned a weird random group of bandits on my way to Embershard Mine, or if two <laughs> random spawns of bandits found each other and were starting to fight or something. I, I don't even know what was happening there. But there were two bandit chiefs 
and and like a total of seven a party of seven bandits i've never run into a, a group that big before but anyway since i had teldron with me he took care of me. i you know i'm trying to do my best here to poke a stick here and there at everyone at level four or five at this point but teldron's basically you know wiping the floor with everyone it's nice to have him around even though i think uh colin might say he was he was stealing stealing his kills is that how he puts it uh so we get to uh kill the bandit leader Embershard mine i get in there and get out anyway long story short I have to uh, go up to Bio Gulch Mine too to kill that bandit leader because the first one wasn't, of course, part of the assigned quest or wasn't. I mean, it wasn't uh, in the. It, it didn't count. And I was really mad. Anyway, so I had to go uh, kill another one over there at Bio Gulch or Ember Shard. Maybe those two were vice versa. I don't remember. I had to go to both. Uh, become Thane. I did uh, a few things to help people around town. I sold some cabbages to that poor man whose daughter was just ripped apart by a werewolf. I took uh, the letter from Laud. Was that Dengear? Is that that guy's name? Who was the former Jarl? Uh, he has this whole conspiracy theory set up that his nephew Sidgear was uh, placed to be Jarl because Dengear was, uh, had come out as a stormcloak. And then he wants to find you know, evidence of all this 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 happening so he says oh i saw laud writing a letter oh that's so suspicious and i was like oh my god writing a letter is suspicious so anyway uh, i i humored him and i went over there to laud's house i got the letter and sure enough he's creating lots of armor for the empire can only be assumed so we um steal a letter what else did we do I don't even remember. Sold cabbages. Something else. The ancestral worship quest, uh, you go to the Gold Deer family reunion where his aunt has stumbled in and you need to go save him. And there's a, a really bad man in there bringing back Gold Deer's poor dead relatives to life. It's actually funny. When at one point my character turns to him and he says, aren't you... Aren't you sad about having to cut down to murder your family again or murder your family members? And he's like, oh, this isn't murder because they've already died once. These are not my family. I was like, oh, that's a really it's a really mature way to look about this. Just cut them down, Galdir. Anyway, um, it was really nice to visit the family reunion over there with the uh, ritual stone in tow. It sort of became a lively event. Delayed burial. Uh, Cicero out there on the roadside. Uh, I've never played it this way, but I decided to turn him into the guard. It's pretty anticlimactic, and I really want to see what happens with the... Is it Dark Brotherhood stuff later on? Does Cicero actually show up, or does is he just out of the game now? Because I turned him into the guard, and the guard was like, okay, I'll do something, and then you just go back up to the farm. And the farmer cuts you, you know... He, he, Cuts you off a slick back five or whatever. Just like here, here's your, here's your dirty, dirty money for ratting some guy out. So I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with that. Will Cicero still show up over there, or will he just be pissed at you? Interesting to see. I've never never done it that way. I don't think. Buses in nature. Go get that uh, nettle bane knife. Bring it back. 
Uh, also with the ritual stone in tow, it was really fun because I ran into an ice mage, um, a fire mage, and a lightning mage out front. All came to battle. Uh, you take those down, and the hag raven, you sort of kite those those element wizards over to the hag raven, and you get everyone close together. And after the battle, that ritual stone gives you a, a really awesome sort of team of magicians there. It's really cool. Ritual stone is not my sign stone. I'm uh, getting the steed stone, which I will switch to when I eventually find that. Because I th the steed stone actually goes really well. Uh, I'm assigned heavy armor. So I'm trying. I'm actually in the, the chitin armor, or whatever it's called, from uh, up in Solstheim, what all the soldiers wear around town there. It's a nice, cool-looking heavy armor. And I've got the, uh, the, the minor hood that gives me, like, 30 magic and stuff like that. Some... Uh, I found some hide boots, which are light, but they give me plus 40 stamina. So I'm, uh, at this point, until my enchantments become way more powerful, I'm just going to have to rock the uh, the stamina boots. Uh, let's see. In my time of need... No, missing in action was the next one. We have to go rescue Thorold. That is so weird. It's like, you want to think it's the Montagues and Capulets. No, you don't, because there's no romantic relationship between them, but... You want to think that these are two sort of, I don't know, more important families in the the White Run fold here, but then they turn into it's more like a Hatfields and McCoys. Someone, I don't even understand what's happening here. This is crazy. But you break into a house and find, oh my gosh, this guy is still alive. Empire has him. And you go to these freaking the High Elves. Fuck those guys. I don't even know. North Watch Keep. Rescue Thorold, bring him out. And he doesn't even come home with you. It's like just send send word that I'm okay. No, why don't let me escort you home? Good lord. In my time of need, um that one was supposed to be before missing in actions, but I could not get that one to start. I've not kicked off dragons. And I did a little uh, snooping around in the um the wiki there. And I think it says that you have to kick off dragons before uh, that person will kick off the uh, in my time of need, which is the uh, the red guard Alakir story, and the woman there. So uh, that's my feedback. Um, sorry if I repeated a lot of information that other people will be going through, but that is Gazel Orgum, a sort of a, a mysterious origined frost wizard from Orsinium. And I'm looking forward to playing along with the, uh, the roundtable and everybody. Have a good one. And happy Skyrimming. Uh, happy Skyrimming uh, to the Indeed. Skyrim roundtable originator. Actually, if you listen to the last episode, I think we're getting to the original roundtable. Oh, wow. I think we're in that range somewhere. This could be fun. In the 30s, <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. So we're in that. That's where the episodes jumped from 30 and 40 seconds to uh, <laughs> yeah. 30 and 40 hours. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The yeah. five hour podcasts and uh, things like that. Yes. Yeah. I think we were all surprised at how long our first episode went. <laughs> oh, gosh. It had to be over three hours that first yeah. one or pretty darn close to it. But uh, <laughs> yeah. yes, uh, the uh, as we discussed, the Red Guard quest, of course, uh, dragons, blah, 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 fucks things up. So, <laughs> if you don't want to play dragons, you're not doing that quest, as we discovered. See, yeah. but I enjoyed that because I used. Sorry, Victor. Um, 
I I just I use I don't use Unbound, but uh, I just have a save file from like uh, that I use like by default a lot of time to start my characters, and there are no dragons in that play. Mm. And even if I want to play with dragons on, because I have a character concept, I've already like get done the same thing. Like I have a I have a save file right after you get out of Helgen. Mm. Um, and then, you know, I just use the race menu mod or whatever it's called oh, to yeah. make whatever character I want out of that person and just make a new save from there. So it's been neat to like, it was neat to actually like sit in the wagon, you know, and, uh, and, and, you know, go through the beheading and that sort of thing. And like, like, it's still awesome. Yeah. You know, yeah. like dragons are kind of a pain when all you want to do is just go like get warm and sell your, you know, ratty armor, uh, in, in a town somewhere but like they're terrifying fascinating creatures you know like oh my god so it's nice to sort of have them in the game and uh and i mean i did bleak falls in under 20 minutes i mean it didn't take much to to kick that off right so yeah that's you can get through you that can quickly. speed run that yeah. that part of it pretty simply so that was good uh but yeah so i i personally i i enjoyed that it was actually a as opposed to having an excuse to not do in my time of need, it gave me an excuse to actually play the game the way it was designed, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. If I remember correctly, Andrew's playing this on uh, his Switch. Is he really? Interesting. I thought. I think I he thought is. That's yeah. what he said. I think so. Yeah. I thought he said he was as well. Yeah. But you know, no shocker that he's rolling the uh, with the uh, rituals ritual stone right off the bat. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, no surprise there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's, it sounded like he was getting ready to just start a, a uh, bar joke uh, when he's heading into Orphan Rock and yeah. he's got a, an ice mage, a fire mage, and a shock mage <laughs> into Orphan Rock. Uh, that's funny. Oh, oh and he's, just got, he's got like. The hangman would be the bartender. Go, go no, ahead. Sorry, sorry, go ahead, Stephen. He's got every essential companion memorized. He knows how to like get them just far enough into their quest tree that they'll follow him. Yes. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah like yeah. he's just, you know, he even the damn like, he doesn't need a mod. He doesn't yeah. need a mod. You know? Yeah. You know, is one of his favorite ones. Uh, it's Varelis, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, the, uh, uh, the hall of the dead guy from Mark Hearth. Um, he's pretty good actually. Uh, and, and by the way, uh, I think that, if you turn Cicero into into a guard, it's the same as uh, agreeing with Loreus at first. Eventually, Cicero will do horrible things to the Loreus family. Oh uh, yeah, for, yeah, for not helping him. Huh. Just just in case Andrew is wondering, I believe that's um, what happens if he goes back and, there and visits the house later on. He'll find yeah. out, <laughs> yeah, and, and still gets out of jail and and goes yeah. back to the sanctuary. Of course, because he's Cicero. Nope. And and actually, Montague and Capulet isn't all that uh, off when it comes to those families because John and Olivia are are are, uh, are right. Uh, they're, they're the Romeo and Juliet. Absolutely. Well, and the two little ones, the two little ones, like you know, they're going to be doing it <laughs> twenty years from now, right? Like she's yeah. out there, like poking him with a stick and shaking him down and getting him to do whatever she no, wants. No, Braith is Braith is is uh, uh, Amran's daughter. She's not a. Uh, if you're thinking oh, of is a, she? Okay. a bully girl, yeah, she's she's. Uh, She's not a battleborn or a or a graymate. I just thought I, I assume she's battleborn. 
I assume she was because she like she calls him "Hey Battleborn" with such disdain right, that yeah. I figured like I'm a gray man, I'm better than you. Give me your lunch money, you little twerp. You know, yeah. is what no, I give you. She's Amran's daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe mom needs to not read so much and parent a little more. <laughs> yeah. Really. Uh, what else did he say? Oh, but it's bone mold armor, not chitin. If it's the stuff uh, that's the, the people in in uh, Solstheim are, are yeah, wearing. it's bone mold. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 the last thing I've got, to, I, like I said earlier before we started, I have to call Andrew out on this. It's not caps, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> I did that on purpose. He's, it's like the dog comment. He's trying to get your goat, Vic. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> it's not caps. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh. Yeah. It'll be interesting to hear how his comes together because, uh, with the exception of frost magic instead of illusion, we're basically playing the same character. Hmm. Like he's a different race, but he's got the same skill set, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, he mentioned pickpocketing on the side. He's got the heavy armor. Uh, he's got the steed stone, you know, and so on <laughs> and so forth. So it'll be interesting to see, like, like that'll be a twist on the route table. Usually it's very different characters, same quests. Well, it'll be interesting to see, like, how does he sort of imagine and play a character that's quite similar in the yeah. end, you know? Yeah. yeah, Switch definitely changes things up for me just functionally. So I, I definitely in different areas than i'm used to so what about that bandit thing he mentioned at ember shard i've never heard of anything like or seen anything like that before so what do you think happened there oh that's a good question so he said two groups spawned was that what he was saying we had like eight bandits and there was a bandit chief yeah and he's not very high level so yeah that's weird if if you went in there at 20 or something maybe yeah no i mean there's never a bandit chief in ember shard no there's only the uh when you go into Ember Shard, what you get the guy at the front door, yep. two two guys mining. You yeah. flip the thing down, two guys come running out. Um, I don't think there's even a plunderer in there. It's like it's like. A, a, and then you got the guy, what the forge, the person on the bridge, the archer, and the other person. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Two handers sitting at the table. Yeah, it's a bandit thug or something. Yeah. Like that. Um, huh. Interesting. So yeah, I don't know what happened there. Is the um, is the world a bit different if he's playing on Switch? Like, um, what's the term they use in Requiem? Is it deleveled? Like, no, no. They, they didn't do anything to the game in that regard when they ported it. No. So it's not like I mean, you you it, would be surprised to make Ember Shard hard, anyways. Yeah, no, nah, because an dungeon, but... yeah, I'm playing on Switch and I've gone through Ember Shard and it was the same. Yeah, <laughs> not no the same as Andrew, but the same as it, as it normally is. I mean, the, the, the graphics are targeted up a little bit, but not they're not quite as as nice as like SE on a PC. But they're better than vanilla original Skyrim. But but beyond that, it's not. That's about it. Um, oh, graphics! Thanks for the tips on a noble Skyrim, gentlemen, and the static mesh that, improvement. Awesome? Noble Skyrim is great, and and Ray, three uh, D trees really is nice. I, I like I like the three uh, D trees and 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 plants or whatever it's called. That's a great movie. yeah, yeah. It's it's been fun to play with. I miss the big trees, I gotta say, but yeah. I really like the 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 view of the trees. You know, they look they look more real. Yeah, I think I think that well there. There's a, there's a few kind of anachronist, uh, arboreal anachronisms, <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, with his needles and stuff like that. But but yeah, there's, there's some really nice stuff, and I like the way he he redid some of the plants too. They really look good. Damn it, Jim! I'm a coder, not a, not a lumberjack. 
<laughs> yeah, well, you put pine needles on a fur and, and I'll notice. But uh, um, because only because the original Skyrim trees are, are pretty good that way. They, they did a decent job of, of putting the right needles on the right trees. And uh, uh, but it's still it's still a great mod. It, it, it plays well with a lot of other mods. It really looks good and it changes, it changes the whole look of the landscape really nicely. Um, so. Yeah, uh, I've been using it in a in a an SE build I've been I've been working on. So, um, so we'll see. Hmm. Um, there was a, there was a mod I was going to suggest for you, Stephen, and I can't remember. It's it's just all textures or meshes, so nothing that's going to mess with your with your build. Um, I can't remember what it is now. I'll. <laughs> I'm relatively content. I think I've I've reached that nice balance point between not being embarrassed when I compare my Skyrim to everybody else's now, <laughs> and uh, having a tolerable load screen that isn't the result of hoarding oh, yeah. gems. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, it's not a joke. It's thirty seconds, thirty forty seconds, like to get in and out of a town. Like I got to be oh, really God. careful. Yeah, like I'm actually using a video editor now for the first time. Like I did this previously, but uh, all the other stuff that I've ever done for the channel. It's either just been like books, which are very simple, or I've just just pulled the live stream and then, you know, sent it up as a video, right? Yeah. So I'm actually like chopping, uh, chopping out cut seeds and stuff like that, or pausing with Bandicam before I do it. It's that long. Yeah. But, uh, but it's but it's just I sit there and and then the doors open, and you see like these these you know brick streets and uh like the the wrought iron bands on the doors like jump out at you and all the wood is richer and more beautiful and everything and i'm like it's worth it it's yeah. worth it i'm yeah, just gonna learn more game tips i'm just gonna see combination of uh, smim and noble skyrim it's really it's really nice it really makes things look good yeah i don't know if it's giving me some grief uh not to wander off too far here but i have two pretty smart gentlemen about this at my disposal um I know it I, now. Now I know that both of you have been watching my episodes. Uh, there's one where I walk into the companion hall, and Ayla, her armor set is completely white. Now that's happened once or twice before, and I'm having an accompanying like, like it the the video and audio suddenly go out of sync. So something's happening that's also impacting my recording. But like, I've never had that experience before. I started putting in the recent round of visual mods. Like, that's do you cool. like? Does Noble or Smim like conflict with immersive armors? Maybe, and I got total character makeover, but that shouldn't change their clothing. It's just facial stuff. No, if everything's going Vago, it sounds more like you're just running out of memory. I don't know what kind of what your graphics card is. If you're running running out of graphics memory, because uh, normally if you have texture issues, they turn purple, not white. Yeah, if it's something missing. Yeah. Hmm. Well, it's it's sort of it's it's a very vaguely like pale powder blue kind of like it's basically it looks white with like a slight sort of hint of blue in the sheen or whatever. But it's hmm. I don't know it's it's midway through because that was that was a fantastic uh, that was a fantastic editing job I had to do on that episode. But uh, yeah, yeah, if you have a screenshot of it because I haven't I haven't watched all of the episodes yet. So. <gasps> <laughs> I got sucked into Far Cry Five, so I've been like totally immersed in that. Okay, I've been playing SimCity for two weeks. I haven't done anything in Skyrim. Well, actually, I've been playing Skyrim, but nothing for Clea. So, uh, but, uh, 
Anyways, yeah, I just I tossed out. Maybe we could talk. Uh, I don't want to get bogged down in. Like, yeah, we'll do a mod talk sometime in the next week or so, and we can we can dive into that. Maybe if you yeah, can... we're gonna do crafting mods, and yeah. Ray is doing like uh, orcish hearthfire or something. I see <laughs> yeah. that, but I'm looking forward to hearing about that. Me too, because yeah, I've had that in a couple of loadouts, and I've never actually used it, so I, I'm really interested in hearing about that. Um, I'm really excited because I'm gonna like get beyond my comfort zone as a result of of this particular episode that we do. I'm sure of it because like I've probably been running the same four or five like crafting mods or crafting related mods sort of since I really like since Steam days and Steam Workshop, right? Like yeah. there was just things I want to be able to do, and they just sort of sit there now. Like that's just it might as well be base game for me. Right, but I don't go out and like look for new ways to make shiny things or whatever. So, so that'll be an interesting one. Like, don't don't spoil it necessarily, but to hear some of the stuff that that you two are using and uh, how that's impacting your game, because I love a good crafting system. I mean, you could just sell me the crafting system for like half the MMOs out there, and I would do it. You know? Yeah. No, I agree with you 100. percent I. That's my crafting and and living in the world. Anything survival crafting, I'm I'm down with it. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll we'll schedule. We'll we'll come up with that sometime within the next week or so. Maybe maybe we can get Colin to join in too on a Sunday or something. You said you. Uh, well, we'll talk about that off air anyway. Yeah. Yeah. No. Mornings. Like his his schedule works well. Like the ten a.m. Yeah. or whatever it was on Sundays. That's fine. See, now we've teased it, so it has to happen, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. Plus, I really want to actually have a conversation with Colin. I like. You know, he's this international man of mystery who F-bombs all the episodes <laughs> that I'm not in, basically. Like, you know, he's, he's like a British sailor or whatever. You know, he's fantastic. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, it's yeah. going to get M for mature. Like, we're going to get the E oh, next to reading yeah. in that episode, I think, because he'll bring out the monster in me. But, uh, yeah, I think he'll be, he sounds like he's a great guy. So I'm really looking forward to, like, you know, bantering with him or whatever yeah. and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, there we go. There we go. Yeah, no, I know nobody can see this who's listening, but we got a an amazing beard party going on here. Um, <laughs> it's true. I was really? thinking that earlier too. Yeah. We got we got a, we got some beards. Ha- Imagine if Andrew was here with his crazy. Remember that crazy beard he had in this uh, episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah man. Beard. Yeah, yeah, that was amazing. That's his winter beard. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's almost uh, well when winter ends here. <laughs> mine yes, well, I, I've I've. This this is semi permanent now. Semi permanent. Yeah, it's getting it's getting votes. So uh, oh, there you and, go. Uh, it's yeah. getting votes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I had to cut most of my hair. I'm just throwing it back. Yeah, I saw that. It was it's trimmed down. So was that it? Was that a retirement requirement? No, no. <laughs> it was a medical. Yeah, you, you have to leave all your office supplies and your beard behind. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you at the door. You didn't have that when you started working here, Ray. Yeah, only oh. get to keep the goatee. Yeah. Right. You grew that on on office time. That's right. Yeah. Well, my wife has never seen me without facial hair. Like oh, wow. uh, we've been together over a decade, and uh, like I'm just under orders. You know, like, even if I like trim it too close to the face. She's like, oh, you you trimmed your beard, eh? <laughs> you know, I mean, like, I'm not allowed to do like the dwarven braided beard thing. Oh, that would be pretty re- amazing. That's yeah. my retirement plan. I'm gonna go like full ZZ top. <laughs> like the day that I don't have, like, I'm not a hobo, right? I like to be neat, but the day that I don't have to cut my hair for business purposes or whatever, or keep my beard trimmed, that's it. That's it. It's that's it's amazing. all over. Oh gosh. 
We need a good. We, you guys need to talk about some good beard mods, also. <laughs> there must be beard mods. There actually oh, is. Gotta there's be. There is a dwarven beard mod. Oh wow! See, there we yep. go. Yep. That's true. But nothing beats the the Bellathor lamb chop, anyways. You know, yeah. Oh, that's... you know what? Just I just remembered. Was it Kathleen or Michelle that posted about it? Um, the Skyrim uh, cookbook, official Skyrim cookbook came out. Yeah. Or Elder yeah. Scrolls. I'm sorry, Elder yeah. Scrolls cookbook was it? I yeah, I found that on Twitter about two yeah. episodes ago, but it's nice that she's actually launched it now. If somebody yeah, with a, has cooked anything in there and would like to tell us how it tastes, uh, feel free. <laughs> well, where is it? I think you can buy it on Amazon. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think it's an actual book. All right. I will check it out. Yeah, yeah I might have to try some cooking in there. I assume, like, uh, what is it? Uh, why can't I remember any of the food now? Jesus. <laughs> Sweet, I assume sweet well, rolls are in there. Bread that you can bake. You can bake bread. S- sweet and, rolls, uh, honey. <laughs> yeah, honey, mead. Lots of mead recipes. Uh, yeah, I'll sous vide some horker. Horker, yeah, yeah, some horker. horker yeah, well. yeah. Good luck with the horker meat. Finding that. Can uh, you can you hunt walrus? Can you <laughs> can you legally do that? Is that even allowed? If you're Inuit, probably yes. But otherwise, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, sure, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, they eat the eyes out of the seals when they catch them, eh? Mm-hmm. It's like delicacy. It's a delicacy. Yeah. It's actually the texture is, uh, I don't know this firsthand, but the texture is, it's actually like, it's sweet. It's like ice cream, like mm. sort of like vanilla ice cream. I, I'm not going to suck the inside out of an eyeball to confirm yeah. that for you, but that's what I've heard. I'm sure it's wonderful. And I wonder what magical, like, you know, or alchemical skill you learn from doing that. You're like, oh, prevention from cold. You know? <laughs> that's true Uh, no (laughs) so it'd be interesting to see what some of uh, her substitutes are for that kind of thing exactly like what's horker loaf right Mm, yeah what would you use for that it's a good question oh pork probably yeah probably some kind of pork yeah pork belly yeah Yeah. Yeah. no pork belly yeah excellent sure yeah that, that seems like a similar texture but yeah, so everybody keep an eye out for the Elder Scrolls cookbook. Let's get Victor to 100 subs, the open world on YouTube. <laughs> It'll never happen. Yeah. Um, we got, uh, after this, we'll probably be uh, on the feed, we'll probably be the next episode of Skyrim 10 AD. Um, nice. I'm trying to think which one is coming up on the feed because we just posted a bunch of them on the Patreon. Patreon's up to like 26 or something like that. Um I don't know when our next scheduled episode is for is that tenth the tenth of March? It may be. Okay. Sounds right. And uh trying to think. I think the next one's like the episode fifteen or something like that on this feed. I could be wrong, maybe fourteen. But anyway, that'll that'll be coming up next and then um uh, other stuff after that. So um obviously check out Skyrim Book Club and Skyrim Book Club Arcanium Edition. Can I talk about that for a second? Go for it. I'll grab the mic from in here. So uh, for those of you that are listening that also follow the podcast, um, there is going to be basically no content from now until April. I'm going through a migration. My uh, The 20 words is my, my arrangement or my contract with the current sort of server or web host that I was uh, using uh, expired on the 22nd of February. And I'm going to be moving the show to like a dedicated podcasting host. Because I feel like so few of the people that are listening to the show choose to engage with it through the website. Uh, and I've had 
a number of technical problems I won't bore people with, but basically I'm going to be migrating my content from, um, from where it currently is to an actual dedicated, just podcast service provider. Like I just, I just want it to just work, you know, I'm going to pay someone the same amount of money and, uh, and do that. So there will be a, there'll be a gap in content for the next about four weeks while I go through that, because of course you always have a limited number of hours and stuff you can upload or, or data. So I want it to kind of be fully formed when it relaunches and I will just be branding it as Skyrim book club again. Uh, I think that like Arcanium edition was interesting, but that was also born of a technical problem. Um, I basically hit the cap on my RSS feed or whatever, blah, blah. So what I intend to do is just leave it as Skyrim book club. So Arcanium edition will sort of fold up. You've probably seen the last one there, but if you're subscribed to Arcanium edition, you're probably a book club subscriber, but yeah, we'll be back. It'll be on iTunes. It'll be searchable. It'll be everything. Uh, including stuff from outside of uh, Skyrim specific, because I think we can all sort of tolerate Skyrim Book Club as an umbrella term for Elder Scrolls books, I think. So, yeah. uh, and just that's, I don't know. I I'm feel like Shaldor. Yeah, I'm looking forward to your recordings, actually. That's going to be fantastic. Looking forward to that. So you've got, you've got some time now. Yep. You've got some time before, but uh, anyways, yeah, I just wanted to sort of say that. Uh, in the interim, uh, alongside with sort of doing some Clea videos, I uh, I will make an effort to put more book content on uh, the YouTube channel. So for those of you that are subscribed to that or those of you that are listening to the podcast, uh, I'll try to put up some new stuff. I mean, with like 700 books, I'm sure there are a few people out there that have listened to every episode I've published, but there are probably a lot of you that haven't. So maybe in the interim, you know, you'll come across something interesting. I'll put together some of the best fiction maybe mm-hmm. and post it there. So there'll still be stuff coming out of SBC in general, but the podcast basically April 1st, which has a nice serendipity because three years ago, that's when I started doing weekly episodes. Nice. And maybe I'll launch with my typical April 1st uh, joke book. I'll have to find one. But uh, yeah, so just FYI, the show's not dead. I'm still going to do it. Uh, I'm still enjoying it. Uh, we're just we're just migrating for, for technical and financial reasons. So and you should end up with a better product and when you go to iTunes and you subscribe to Skyrim Book Club, again, I apologize. <laughs> well, maybe you won't have to. Maybe you won't have to. You will be able to click on it, and every episode you've ever we'll seen recorded will just be there. Because I'm going to find someone to just make it do that. And I'm going to give them money. <laughs> That's a good idea. I just want it to do that. I don't want to have to learn how to code or do anything else. I just want it to do, <laughs> that. Wanted to do that. Here's my Here's my nerd book. Put it on the internet. Thank you. Here's your six dollars or whatever. You know. <laughs> so uh, perfect. Yeah. So thank you for letting me have a little bit of time. Oh no, no, no. Yeah, always. Yeah, no. Like it's your time as much as it's my time. When we're here, we're all here. <laughs> and uh, since I haven't played Skyrim in months, I'm no longer the Skyrim addict. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're going through the thousand steps program, right? Like you're working yeah. your way up. Yeah. To- yeah. <laughs> But you got to go through phases, you know, it's like it's phases. I'm in my switch phase right now. I would actually like to start playing on uh, Xbox One X again, but I haven't been down in the basement for two months. And I came down here and realized this is your living room. Uh, No, this is my basement. (laughs) Uh, So I came down and I realized Connor had taken my Xbox one controller and now has two of them upstairs because he was playing something with that. So I now have none connected to the Xbox down here. <laughs> so 
<laughs> I'm going to need to acquire one, apparently. Uh. <laughs> so there, there is that minor issue I have going on. But I, I, I do love playing it on Switch because it's mobile. And I'll probably be playing it in the morning because I just found out I have to go to work like two hours early, which is freaking awesome text to get in the middle of the show. Um, <laughs> for Phantom Snow. So... Uh, I don't think I have anything else. I'm trying to think. Uh, just, uh, yeah, the Instagram's going to start coming back. Skyrimatic Podcast, all one word on there. Uh, you could probably also search Skyrim Addict. Um, I, there might be a bunch of those on Instagram now. I'm not sure. Uh, I'll eventually change that name. Fallout Feed, of course. ASA Game Talk. Jeremy's Anthem episode is up. Um, Chatterbox actually coming back next week. It's our normal uh, month and a half schedule. Uh <laughs> And uh, what else? What am I, th- I think that's it. So that's I missed ten minutes of Skyrim, Michael. What's that? I missed ten minutes in Skyrim. Ten. Oh, ten minutes. I did like ten minutes in Skyrim. I miss it. I miss yeah. it. That was one of my. I could actually bring that back again because you know because now it's easier. I've Alexa. Oh shit! I just said the name. <laughs> now you're gonna get that. She's gonna like google fecal matter for you because you swore oh, me man somehow oh it must be off something must be i didn't hear you so oh good good yeah it didn't work in here either i have that thing in here and i could just set the timer real quick and that would be nifty <laughs> maybe i'll do that again that was fun i did i do miss 10 minutes in skyrim that was a really fun idea just yeah, see what the hell happens in 10 minutes <laughs> well it's a little shot like you can do that on your coffee break yeah yeah exactly like, I could, like it, yeah. it's not a, like i like long form stuff but what if I don't have an hour, you know? So I liked it. I thought the, the concept was really good. So Cool. That was a long time ago. It's on YouTube if anybody wants to find it. Um, I will not say it's the highest quality video. Um, I think I used the Elgato and uh, a 360 at that point. I think it was pre-Xbox One even. So, um, yeah. so it was probably 360 and an Elgato. And the same laptop I'm running, which is a mid-2010 MacBook Pro. <laughs> In pristine 640 <laughs> by 480 glory. Yeah, yeah. So Beautiful. I mean, you know, yeah. take the it coins the... are square. That's how pixelated it was. Back it... In the day. Yeah, I don't even think I had my PC yet when I was doing that. So I mean, I may have, but I don't think I did. So uh, you, you know. try streaming. Streaming. To o... Were you using OBS or just the Elgato software? No. You know what? What was I using? What was the other thing that was out then that everybody was using? Raps? What's that? Raps. No. Um... XSplit. XSplit. That's it. Yeah. That's what X-Split. I was using. Yeah. If you only pay for it. OBS is free. Yeah. Well, I think at that point, XSplit was... Th- this was a while ago, so it was uh, cheap or something, or there was like a trial or something. Yeah, like they've it. gone sub now. I yeah. Think. Yeah. This was prior to that, so yeah. yeah. So yeah, I was using the Elgato with that, I believe. Um, so I, I don't know what... I would have to look, watch it to see what kind of quality we're talking about. Probably not fantastic. Yeah. You know compared to what's happening now so but uh that's uh, another grand edition of uh Skyrimatic podcast yeah um, that was fun it's good good feedback yeah okay. fantastic if anybody else has feedback still plenty of time to get it in just roll with Please us as do, we go yeah. yeah you don't need to like like even if you have episode one feedback after episode two no big deal you catch on when you catch on or if it's just three down three years down the road and you want to send feedback about it go ahead <laughs> perfectly fine I mean, I may forget to see your email. I may miss your email and forget to reply like we've learned earlier, but, you know, we do appreciate the feedback either way. All right. No reply to email does not mean that we didn't get your email. Yes, exactly. That's right. It just means you sent it in January when I was away most of the month, and I totally missed it. 
which is actually what happened. I think it came in on the weekend I did the double marathon. So to be fair, oh. that's what happened. Um, so there is that. <laughs> I'll blame it on that. We're going to go with that. That was the problem. Perfect. There you go. <laughs> all right, everyone. That's all I got. See you guys. Good night. Good night.